Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. I'm going to tell you how to do that in just a second, but I want to let you know if you are watching this on the replay, we have timestamps attached to this, so you can just click around. Um, there's a little bar along the bottom of the video player right now. You can just hover over that or just kind of tap around that area, and you're going to see all the different topics that we're going to be that we talked about during this stream. So you can skip to the ones that are the most important to you. If you're joining us live, um, I want to let you know that you can get your question answered through the form that is down in the description of this stream right now. So go ahead and get your question down there uh, right now so we can get it answered here on the stream today. Um, I also want to let you know if you are just joining us that um, this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. TubeBuddy will help you find great video topics. TubeBuddy has 90 different tools tools that will help you with your YouTube channel. One of my favorites is their A-B testing tool that lets you have your original thumbnail that you have up on YouTube, and you can upload another thumbnail, and it'll swap them back and forth and let you know which ones people respond to best and from different traffic sources. It's a really awesome tool, one of my favorites. So uh, you can try TubeBuddy for free at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin, or of course, there's a link to that and a bunch of other stuff down in the description below. But this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the streaming... Um, uh, service that I use to live stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. So if you couldn't make it live, definitely feel free to join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. But the reason that I use StreamYard and that I've been using them for a long time as well is because they do all the heavy lifting for me in the cloud. So I don't have to worry about, um, you know, my computer crashing or my power going out or anything like that, which does happen from time to time. But I'm able to join into the stream on my phone um, until the power comes back on or my router gets reset or whatever the thing is, which is fantastic. But in addition to that, they make it easy to put graphics on the screen like you can see on the screen right now. Um, in addition to that, to make it easy to bring on guests and a bunch of other really amazing features. But you can try StreamYard out for yourself at StreamYard.com. Or of course, I got links to that down in the description as well. Dr. Noss, nice to see you here in the stream. Doug Houston, YT, nice to see you as well. And really quick, Dr. Noss just got their 100,000 subscriber award from YouTube. I just want to give you a high five and a fist bump. Congratulations. Whichever camera I'm looking at here, high five and fist bumps all around. Congratulations to you and, um, and a big applause for you. We're clapping for you um, for getting the 100,000 subscribers on your channel, getting that award. You know, you're doing the thing. So congratulations to you for, for that and putting in the work and doing all the things that are required to get it because a lot of content creators don't make it that far. So because of that, high five and fist bump to you. Nice work. Excellent job on um, excellent job on that. So with all that stuff out of the way, hope everybody's doing fantastic. Hope that you've had a awesome week. I hope that you are excited to, you know, learn a bunch of YouTube stuff today. I hope you're excited. Just hang out, you know, and just kind of listen to all the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. Um, personally, I've had a pretty awesome week myself. Um, if you have not um, been aware of some of the updates that YouTube has done this week, I just put out a new segment yesterday that you can check out. Um, that, of course, is on the uh, YouTube channel. And I also have a video um, about, you know, things you can do to get more views and all of that um, for new YouTubers specifically. So make sure that you check that out as well. But I hope everybody's had a fantastic week. I know I'm excited to get into the stream today and, uh, you know, just get into the, the information that we have at hand. We've already got some questions that are popping up here in the forum, which is great. Um, so I'm excited to answer those. But before I do, um, I want to thank uh, D.D. Uh, Wellingham. I apologize for the uh, super chat. Thank you for that. And um, uh, she says, Nick, the YouTube Yoda. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for the uh, uh, thank you for the kind words. 
So what we're going to do is we're just going to go ahead and, and we're just going to jump right into it. Um, so if you are, um, just as a quick reminder, because I like to you know just put this out there really quick before we start the stream, um, if you are... If you are um, a TubeSpanner user, now is the time to get your Notepad open. If you're not familiar with what TubeSpanner is, um, TubeBuddy actually has a, uh, or I'm sorry, TubeSpanner has a uh, tool where you can take notes during the live stream, and then it'll save you know the timestamps and all of that, so you can actually use that, and to where you can come back to the stream at any time, you can uh, and see all the notes that you have, you can download it to your computer and all of that. But in addition to that, they have like a social bio page where you can interlink all your social media accounts together and a bunch of other things that will help you um, actually actually create and promote your YouTube content. So if you're not already using TubeSpanner, I've got a link to it down in the description, or you can just go over to TubeSpanner.com. Um, but this is just your reminder for those of you that are using it to, um, to go ahead and get it open, get your notepads ready so that we can go ahead and um, get this party started. So um, the very first question that we have here on our list today is from Palace to the Core. Palace to the Core says that they do daily content. So they upload daily. It's a pretty big deal. Um, they have a football slash soccer news channel. The goal of the channel is to become a news resource. And the question is, I'm thinking of widening my listeners by using the audio for my YouTube videos to create a podcast. My channel is growing steadily. I'm at 820 subscribers, but I'm worried that the podcast might harm my growth by taking those who might otherwise come to my channel and subscribe. Is starting a podcast now a good idea or should I wait until my channel grows bigger? Thank you as always, Stephen. Stephen, this is a great question. And it's a great question because this is actually something that I that I do personally as well. So with this live stream that you're that you're watching right now, because I know that, you know, some people in the world, they have data issues to where, you know, they can't sit here and stream a three hour live stream. I also know that some people prefer podcasts, right? So instead of listening to this on the replay, they might select a podcast because it better suits their, um, you know, lifestyle or, you know, when they're at the gym and they can't look at their phone or they're jogging or something like that. So because of that, we actually um, started making these available as a podcast as well. So having that option is more about meeting your audience where they are and making sure that, you know, the, the value that you're putting out, like in your case, which is a news resource to make sure that you are just meeting, you know, your audience, wherever it is that they want to consume your content, because really, if you think about it, does it really matter if you are growing your, your, your podcast and they're listening to that and not your YouTube channel? As long as you're still able to you know, get them the news that they need, then you're still accomplishing your thing and you're going to grow your podcast while simultaneously growing your YouTube channel as well. And you can use both of them to cross promote each other. Let people on your YouTube channel know that you have the podcast available. Let the podcast people know that you have the YouTube channel available so that when they're around and they're on YouTube, and they're like, oh, hey, that's right. They have a YouTube channel. Let me, you know, check it out and see what they have going on over there. Um, it just makes everything a lot more accessible based on how people want to consume your content. Keep in mind, there is extra work involved with going through, you know, that process. However, I'm a huge fan of just like, you know, putting the information out there in whatever way you can in order to make sure that, you know, the people that you are trying to reach with that information, be it news or, you know, anything that you're doing so that the people that you're trying to reach with that information can, without question, get the, you know, get the information that you are um, that you are putting out there. 
So uh, see so here. Next up on our list here, this is question number two. We've got P and B's Wide World of Ports. Jerry, good morning. Hope that you're doing fantastic. Welcome to the stream, Retro the Emperor. Love that channel name. Hope that you're doing awesome. Um, Black Trunks Podcast. Hope you are doing great. Hope you're enjoying the day. Magic Flying Potato. Brad, hope that you are doing awesome. Absolutely. Vid Summit is in 31 days. If you're not familiar with Vid Summit, it is a conference that is going down in California, in LA, on September 27th to the 29th. So if you're a YouTube content creator, this is where serious YouTube content creators go to get their information. I'm going to be presenting there um, as well as a bunch of content creators that you know. Um, a lot of like really knowledgeable, famous YouTubers are going to be sharing like how they do what it is that they do and giving people tips and also just intermingling. One of the awesome things about VidSummit is that when you go there, it's not like a thing where people are like, oh, hey, how many subscribers you have or anything like that. It's more about, hey, we're all peers here. Everybody's just sharing information freely and just trying to help each other out. So um, I do have information about VidSummit down in the description of the stream right now if you're interested in that or you can just go to VidSummit.com. But thanks for bringing that up, um, Brad. I appreciate it, man. Renee Ritchie in the house, what's up, dude? Renee saying that he will be there for sure, which is awesome. Nice to, uh, it'll be nice to hang out with you there as well. So um, next up on our list here, um, we've got the P&B, uh, wide, P&B's Wide World of Sport, uh, Ports. <laughs> My, my brain's trying to like catch up here. Um, the type of channel they have is a cruise slash travel vlog channel. The goal of the channel is to show people um, the fun and adventure of cruising and to eventually be monetized. What's up, people? Viper, man, about tech. What's up, my man? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in the stream today. Hope you are doing well, my man. Um, but the question here is, I do a lot of filming on cruise ships where much of the time there are musicians and house bands performing popular songs in the background. Could that live background music um, cause me to get a copyright claim? Yes, it can. So if you are making videos for YouTube, you're live streaming, even, you know, like if you happen to be doing like an IRL stream or something like that in, in, in real life stream where you've got like a live view solo box and you're running around you know all over the place with it um, if you walk past somewhere, if they have something playing, it's still your responsibility to have that awareness of what's going on around you so that you can make sure that you don't introduce that type of, you know, or, or music that you don't have the rights to into your into your content, be it a live stream, be it a, a video, whatever the thing happens to be. So um, so because of that, you definitely want to make sure that you are playing on the safe side of that. One rule of thumb that I like to have is if you don't make it or you don't have the rights to it, um, then just don't use it. <laughs> so that that's kind of my rule of thumb just to you know be on the safe side and the reason for that is because you know when it comes to when it comes to all this stuff you're gonna put in a ton of work on your YouTube channel and sometimes some of those things they take a long time to come back and get you um, I have a, uh, a video that I put out um, uh, it was probably within my first like five or ten YouTube videos and it took three years for me to get a community guideline strike on that particular video I was fortunately able to get it to resolve through the trusted flagger program that they had um, in the past which they've you know messed up but like um the um the 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 that particular thing i was basically showing people how to go into the code and get a thumbnail and that was before you could actually download thumbnails from youtube uh, for, you know from inside the creator studio and when i did that um i even said in the video you know hey don't use this you know uh you know graphics are also and images 
are also copyright protected and all that. And I even framed it in terms of, you know, like use this if you're at a coffee shop working, you need to grab one of your thumbnails to reference it because at that time we had these annotations that you would have at the end of your video and you would actually put like thumbnail images or clips of a video, you know, that was going to be playing next in there. Um, that's how it was all set up at the time. And uh, because of that, you know, it was actually a pretty handy video and a pretty handy method. However, it did go against the um, YouTube community guidelines about showing people how to circumvent, you know, things on YouTube. And, um, and I got hit because of it. So, so the funny thing about that particular video is, and I, I understand, like I'm not 100% innocent here. Like I understand what went down. So I started the video, even though I made all those disclaimers and stuff, like as it was all, you know, going along, I started the video, the hook of the video. I had a ski mask on, it's dark. And then I like come up in the frame like this and you hear like crickets, like I'm outside. I just played like a sound effect or whatever, but it comes up like this. And I'm like, I'm going to show you how to steal anybody's thumbnail from YouTube. So like that's, that's really really what, you know, ended up, you know, uh, getting that one reported, I think. I'm not sure. But uh, but anyway, what I'm getting at is it took a while, you know, in that particular case. So sometimes, you know, you can do stuff in your videos, you think you're being compliant um, and it might come back to get you, you know, down the road. So because of that, it's really important, especially for a lot of you here, because you're just getting started. Um, it's really important to make sure that you are being really mindful about everything it is that you are using in your content. The imagery, um, fonts can even get you in trouble. So like the, the, the letter choice that you use, in your uh, in your videos, thumbnails, things like that, people can come after you for that stuff. Like you can, you know, really get into some, you know, some some headaches with some things. So because of that, make sure that you either make it yourself or you have the rights um, to it. So for example, we have a music service that we made, um, and I was not didn't plan to lead into this. Um, just to be transparent, there, I didn't plan this, um, but we do have a music service that we made. My brother D, who's actually in the in the chat right now, I think yeah, he is. Um, it's called Creator Mix, and um, Creator Mix is a free music resource for you, but we give you the license that you need for the music as well. Um, that's actually down in the footer at the very bottom um, of the website where you can uh, where you can get that. So um, next question that we have on the list here. Thanks for that question, though, because it you know allowed me to explain a bunch plus lead right into Creator Mix. So that was a that was a solid setup there. <laughs> but uh, Damon Varial is our next question here. Damon, I hope that you're doing awesome. Hope that you're having a great Saturday um, or a start to a Saturday, depending on where it is that you're viewing from. Matter of fact, everybody in the chat right here, just let me know where it is that you're actually watching from. Like if you are you know hanging out and you're enjoying the stream right now, just just drop in here. Um, you don't have to give like your city, but just let me know like a state maybe or you know something like that. Just let me know where you're uh, where you're coming in from. I'm coming in from Thailand uh, myself. But um, the type of channel here is stocks and crime. The goal of the channel is business content. Um, we've got Pennsylvania, Texas. We got Michigan in the house, UK, Japan. Nice. Love it. Um, we got Nepal. Nice. Atlanta, Florida, Oklahoma, Massachusetts. I've always had trouble with that one. Miami, more Texas. We got Australia. Nice. Uh, we got more Arizona, Tennessee, Texas. Nice. Love it. Ooh, Brazil. Ooh, that's a, that, ooh, nice. We got some got some global stuff going on. I love it. So, um, so let's see here. So the question is, you've mentioned that YouTube is rolling out a feature that turns shorts into ads for long-term videos. Um, it's not ads for long-term videos. It just lets you sample some content out of your long-form videos just to add that clarity there. Um, but it says, I haven't made any shorts and I don't have this feature yet. My videos are typically one hour or longer, but I can't think of some 60 second clips from these videos that would make good shorts as they would likely drive interest towards the long video. Oh, but I can think of it. Question, is there any benefit to making said shorts now or should I hold off until I have access to the shorts as commercials features? So it's not short 
Salesforce as commercial, how, as a commercial, how it works is you go into your content and you just think to yourself, okay, if somebody were to see this in the short self, because performance is still important, even if you are sampling from your, from your long form content. So what you want to think about is for this, you know, 30 second clip or 40 second clip or, or 60 second clip that I'm going to be sampling out of this particular video, um, that I'm going to be using for a short here. Would this be something that would be appropriate for the short shelf? Would this be something that if somebody were to see it in the short shelf that they would respond to, you know, positively, where could I cut this to make it make sense as a YouTube short as well? And by doing that, what you're doing is you're creating an opportunity for yourself to where the short can perform well. Plus you have that link coming back to your channel. Plus YouTube has just recently rolled out to where if somebody watches your shorts content and enjoys your shorts content, it doesn't even matter if they click that link or not. Um, because if they don't click that link, if YouTube detects that it was a satisfactory experience in terms of your short for that viewer, then now they've connected things on the back end where they can show some of your long form content to that viewer when they're on the long form side of YouTube. So YouTube is going really hard right now and trying to you know connect the two and spread awareness about both sides of content for content creators and the viewers of the platform. Um, so because of that, um, um, it's not necessarily like an advertisement. It's more of like, how can I make like a standalone piece of content here that would be likely to do well on the short shelf? And then I can take advantage of, you know, the additional things that come from that in terms of, you know, the features that YouTube has set up for the linking across and the, um, the, the recommendation system. So uh, we have some super chats come in. I'm going to um, answer these really quick. I got to log into my uh, thing over here. And the very first one here, we've got Tube Spanner in the house. What's up, Danielle? Hope you're doing great. It says, I made a video about building a house with no windows last week. It has zero views. Clever, clever. All about the YouTube jokes. <laughs> Mr. Herobrine says, Mr. Beast Super noticed me. Chat. He commented on my new video. Congratulations to you for that. That's pretty cool. And um, and thank you for the super chat as well. And iPhone uh, Chris channel dropped a super chat as well. Thank you for that. Um, massively appreciate those, everyone. Um, 86th Street uh, Projects was a member for seven months. Says, uh, what is one thing that was good advice years back that today would be awful advice? It's a really good question. So I guess that would be the assumption that everybody with every type of content should be targeting YouTube search would probably be the thing. So the idea back in the day was that, you know, if you have, you know, content that you put out there, um, then, you know, kind of like a low hanging fruit, and it still is a low hanging fruit, but it's just a lot more competitive now because there's a lot more content out there now. But, um, but the idea was if you have a YouTube channel, anything that you can come up with to try to come up with, you know, searched focused videos so that when people are looking for your stuff, they'll find your content. And then I'll give YouTube some, you know, data on your channel to help with recommendations and all that. Back in the day, like it was like, hey, you know, go after search, think about search, like, you know, for all the content that you're putting out. But now, um, you know, the recommendation system, it's like 70, it's more than 70% of the traffic on YouTube, which basically means when YouTube recommends content to people, they typically respond to it better. And there's just more volume there in terms of the amount of people compared to what's happening in YouTube search. So as an example, just to put it in perspective, so if you put out a how we got here genealogy welcome to the stream hope you're doing great today um but basically how uh how that whole thing works out is 
you know, I'm going to have to read that question again because I completely lost my train of thought on what it was that I was, <laughs> that I was saying there. So give me one second. Let me go into the question. Was it the sec? Was it that, or did I pull that out of it? Yeah, I completely lost my train of thought. Um, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna move, uh, we're just gonna move right along and we're going to go into the next, uh, go into the next question. Oh, the, the advice. That's what it was. Okay. So the advice from before. So, um, so now since that you have more than 70% of the, of the, um, traffic on YouTube or the views on YouTube coming from the recommendation system, that means that if you want the bigger spikes in traffic that, you know, t that, that thinking about how people are going to respond to your content when it gets recommended to them versus how are they going to respond to it when they search for it? Um, you know, you have to make sure you're considering those things, but to put it into perspective, this is the way that the, the path that I was walking down before. If you publish a video today and it was a really good video and you got a lot of you know response from home pages and suggested videos, if YouTube detects that and they detect that people are really loving your content, they're sharing it a lot, all that good stuff. And they're like, hey, you know, people are enjoying this content. And we show it to them on the homepage. And because of that, we're going to show it to more people on the homepage that are a great fit for this video. What can happen um, when you are tapping into recommendation features in terms of you're getting that response there is you publish a video today, you know, like right now. 24 hours from now, when you wake up, it's realistic that depending on the type of content, of course, that you're making, but it's realistic that you could have 100,000 views on that video by the time you wake up tomorrow. However, when it comes to YouTube search, it's completely different because depending on the search terms that you're going for and things like that, the likelihood of 100,000 people looking for that over the next 24 hours and then choosing your video for from that um, over the next 24 hours is going to be you know substantially lower. So because of that, having search as part of your content content strategy if it's you know if it applies to the type of content that you're making is smart and optimizing for recommendation and search is also smart so you're gonna see videos where people are like hey don't even worry about search anymore I don't recommend that I recommend that you still consider YouTube search because it's still a traffic source but don't just think about YouTube search don't just think about hey I have to optimize everybody or every video with these keyword phrases and all of that think about it from the perspective of first I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about home pages and suggested videos and how I can make my content identifiable to the people that I'm trying to reach with it, how I can make my titles compelling and, and basically just how I can package everything up from the outside to make it really attractive to the audience that I'm trying to reach plus compelling. Um, think of that first and then think to yourself, okay, is there any keyword that would help a human when they do see it, help them identify that this video is about that thing that I'm making this video about? If so, then, you know, try to get it in there. And when you do that, then that can also, you know, help you show up in search just based on relevance by itself. Um, however, YouTube is smart enough. The system is smart enough to where if they do detect that your video is about that thing, like let's say I did a, a, a video about this uh, mouse right here, it's a Logitech something, but let's say um, the MX Master 3, let's say, that I, let's say I did a, a video about this mouse. Well, if I did a video about this mouse, but I didn't optimize it for search, but then YouTube detected that, hey, we tested this in search and people did respond to it in search, I might get the number one spot in search, even though my video isn't 100% optimized for search for that you know particular thing. So you know because of that, it's just important to think, to, to just prioritize everything around it doesn't matter where my content shows up, how am I gonna get people to respond to it? And instead of just limiting myself with how to, you know, fill in the blank, then, you know, is there a way that I can make this or frame, you know, reframe this um, this this content to where um, it would just be much more attractive from a homepage or suggested videos or a mobile feed or, you know, anything like that when YouTube's recommending it to somebody. So, um, so that would be, that would be my feedback on that. But again, I do not want to discount YouTube search because YouTube search is an extremely stable traffic source. 
if you can get into YouTube search, um, you'll like anybody here that makes um, you know that makes content on a regular basis and that has some search-based content and has content that gets a lot of activity and recommendation features. You'll notice that your 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 search-based content, and you'll see this across you know pretty much any channel you look at, um, but you'll notice that search traffic it is extremely stable. Where when it goes to the recommendations, there you know what I mean. Those spikes are up and down like crazy, but the spikes can get pretty big too. So because of that, that's why you want to make sure that you are you know considering it considering that because you can make everything grow faster when you're when you're considering that. But again, I'm not discounting YouTube search because it's extremely powerful. And when you do optimize content for search as well, and of course this is all dependent on the type of content that you make. But if you do optimize for um, search as well. Not only are you able to tap into YouTube, but you're able to tap into the textual search engines as well. Google, Bing, Yahoo, all the places that show video results um, based around the relevance of how you're optimizing your content, too. So because of that, um, you know, it's important to make sure that you do get a good plan together of, you know, one, I'm making this video. What's the purpose of this video? Right. Am I trying to grow my channel with this video? Am I trying to get more views? Does this type of content usually get more views? Does it usually get more subscribers? Um, do I usually have have higher ad rates on this video? Like, what's the purpose? Am I trying to grow the channel with it, make money from it, spread awareness about something with it, um, uh, uh, position myself in some way through this piece of content? Like, what is it that I'm doing it for? And what is the goal of this particular uh, uh, video? And then you want to also think about, okay, when I'm putting this together, this is the goal of the video. How can I optimize this in a way that will best help me achieve the goal for that particular video? In some cases, like let's say, for example, you're promoting something as an affiliate, then in that case, you might want to make sure that, yeah, you're, you know, like when that video first goes live, you might be trying to tap into the recommendation features, but then you might go and re-optimize everything like a few days later so that you can, um, you know, just get better relevance in YouTube search to see how it does over there as an example. So, you know, like you have to make sure that you're thinking about those sorts of things because, you know, they, they really do matter and they really can make an impact on your YouTube channel and the results that you're getting from what it is that you're doing. Great question. Thank you for that. Um, let's see here. 86th Street Project says my account is so old I signed up with a Yahoo email. That's, that's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, so, so so what's funny, D and I were actually talking about this the other day, like we're surprised that people still use like Yahoo, we're surprised people still use like Hotmail and stuff like that, but we get signups for stuff where people, uh, you know, are still using those emails, uh, still using those emails like now, which is kind of crazy. Um, let's see here, so uh, I'm just gonna pin this up here so that um, so we can get this in here as well. I like to share those helpful tips <laughs> uh, when, when, uh, when those are put out there. So um, let's see here, so next up, We've got, hold on really quick. I think I had one of these start. Okay, I got that one covered. So next up on our list here, we've got a super chat come in for trainer James. Super and then we are going to hop back into the um, back into the forum questions. So the uh, trainer James says, I have a lot of fun making shorts and they do really well on my channel considering I only have 500 subscribers. Is it viable to build a channel on shorts compared to making long form content? Um, it is. Yeah. And there's there's actually a lot of channels that, that do that right now. However, one thing that you are uh, limited on is you're limited on monetization right now or direct monetization if you're only making shorts. So they have the YouTube Shorts Fund. And with the YouTube Shorts Fund, you can get between, I think it's $100 and $10,000 a month from YouTube um, if your shorts qualify for that. So you can still make money, but it's not made in the traditional ways that you would typically expect from YouTube in terms of you know them showing ads on your videos. Um, in addition to that, you still have descriptions where you can push people down to your descriptions to spread awareness about things as an affiliate and all that. But keep in mind, with shorts, they're trying to keep people engaged in the short 
short sell. So you want to try to limit the amount of, you know, the amount of people that you're sending off the platform. So you don't want to do that a lot because those shorts, you know, most are, or they're less likely to do well when you're sending a lot of people off site like that. Um, but you know, you can figure out ways to monetize them, but it's just easier, um, when you are monetizing through, through long form content now, but the way that they're, you know, building up shorts and they're trying to compete with all these other platforms, uh, in the vertical content, um, they have mentioned that later this year, I think in the fourth quarter of this year, they are going to be um, testing super thanks inside of YouTube shorts. Um, I don't think it's going to be a grand slam in terms of like, hey, cool, I'm going to be able to like really count on this money that's coming in from, you know, super thanks. But in some cases, you know, some people will probably get a lot. But when they start showing ads in shorts, that's when it's going to be a huge game changer. And I'm really excited to share that news once it comes, because I'm hoping that, you know, that that'll be on the horizon, you know, very soon. Ron's trains and things. What's up, man? Hope you are doing fantastic. So Chris's channel says Yahoo Mail since 2008, representing the Yahoo folks are in here like, hey, hey, we're representing Yahoo, right? <laughs> so uh, next up on our list here, uh, we've got, did I answer this question? Okay, yeah, that was about the shorts. We got that one covered. So next question on our list here is from PNB's. Oh, okay, we got that one already. So next up, we got Quotes For You is the name of the YouTube channel. They do motivational content. The goal of the channel is to make an impact on YouTube and to monetize. And the question is, hey, Nick, um, I've, oh, hey, that's one more thing that I do want to let you know. Um, on the short side, as of now, um, the watch time that you're getting from shorts, if you have a shorts only channel, um, that is not going to help you get into the partner program right now. So just keep that in mind. So even if you hit the subscriber milestone, um, the as of this conversation right now, the watch time that you're getting from your shorts is not going to count towards you getting into the partner program. So of course, you're not going to be able to show ads on your videos anyway. So it's not going to matter until you, you know, until that happens. But I just wanted to let you know that. So you are aware if you are focusing only on your only on your shorts content. So on this one, though, they do motivational content. The goal is to make a impact on YouTube and monetize. It says, hey, Nick, I have a quote channel where I upload quotes from historical personalities with background music. I read them with my voiceover and I use background images as well. Close to a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours, but I'm afraid of being rejected by the YouTube partner program because I've been told that the content is repetitive. How could I then monetize that channel? What do you recommend? I don't want to put in so much effort that has been in vain. Thank you. So one thing that I recommend is, um, is one that you try to monetize it because you are making unique content. Um, I think that your voiceover is gonna make a really big difference on that one. If it's a voiceover and it's a robot voiceover, then you might have some trouble. But if it's you and you are talking and you're sharing the information, it's perfectly OK to make content on YouTube where you are not showing your face or you're you as the creator are not on camera, things like that, where you do voiceovers. That part's perfectly OK. Um, the problem might come from if you just have like a static image. And what I mean by that is you just have like an image that you upload as a video, essentially, like you just, you know, stretch that image out in your software, edit it out as a video, and then you upload it like nothing's moving. It's just, you know, nothing's really going on with that content, I would try to edit it in a way to where, you know, there's things changing and, and that sort of thing to try to give yourself the best chance to get in. Um, but I think in my opinion, I think adding the voiceover part to it is going to make it, you know, just unique content. So I think that you'll be likely to be OK, but you do you do run the risk. Everybody runs the risk of, you know, not getting into the program for whatever reasons. But um, but I think that in your particular case, um, I think that, you know, you're you're likely to be OK just because you are making original content you're doing the voiceovers. Um, so you should be okay with that. 
Um, next up on the list here, we got Shark Scrapper. What's up, man? Hope you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in the stream today. And a question coming in. Um, says he does ed edutainment content, and the goal of the channel is to help people understand scrapping and recycling and make some money at it. And the question is, does uploading a short within a day or two of a regular long-form video upload negatively impact the long-form video's performance? Does the short step on the long-form video? Um, I haven't noticed that yet. Um, that doesn't mean that it doesn't, but I haven't noticed that yet. But content can step on each other. Let me show you something here really quick. Um, let me see if I can do this in a way that um, just doesn't you know, show too much stuff. Um, but I'm just going to show you something really quick from my stats um, in terms of content being stepped on. So if you look at um, this right here, I'm going to my real time for this one. Oh, no, it wasn't that one. Sorry. Let me go into this one. Look at my real time here. And you can see when I did some publishing yesterday, right here, you can see a hit. Oh, you know what? I'm actually, yeah, I probably shouldn't. Oh, no, no, no. I think that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, like right here. Let me make sure that's covered up. Okay, so yeah, like right there, um, I took a, I took like a dip um, as I was publishing some stuff yesterday. It's actually, you know what? That's actually not. I was looking at that over coffee, kind of at a glance. You know what? I'm actually not going to attribute that to that. I'm going to take that as just kind of like a lull. So, but I do have, um, and I've actually shared these screenshots publicly before, um, to where, um, to where I basically overlay real time stats against real time stats when I publish videos, and in a lot of cases, you can actually see the hit, you know, come in, but then it'll bounce right back. So it's not a big deal. It's just like at that time of publish. So I've definitely tracked that on multiple occasions in terms of, you know, publishing a video and it impacting a previous video, but it's not something that is going to like decimate the video or anything like that. It'll just snap right back into place. Um, my guess on what makes that happen and Renee is in here, so he can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but my guess on what makes that happen is, you know, you publish that new piece of content and it becomes like priority, you know, for that moment to where, Hey, this is a new piece of content. Let's get it to the people that are most engaged in this channel or put it in front of them right now. So it might just become the priority for that moment and then gets pulled back, um, you know, once once the you know people start initially responding to it. That would be my guess on what's going on. Travis MCP in the house. What is up, my man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. He's MVP in our world, by the way. Hope you're doing great, man. Hope that you are. Are, are you going to Vid Summit, um, Travis? Hope that um, hope that I'm going to see you there, man. So um, let's see here. So next up on our list, and Renee says, as far as he knows, uploading a short after a long form won't affect the long form. Shows the shorts mostly live in the shorts feed now. So yeah, so they're, I guess they're not getting, maybe you hope so. Okay, good. Yeah, so I guess in that particular case on the short side, since they're living in the short shelf, um, that, um, that they, they don't get the actual promotion on YouTube or the initial testing um, on the main site, I guess is what he's trying to say there that the, um, that the other content does. So next up, we got Blackstar Watchtower. Blackstar Watchtower says they upload every other day. They've been on YouTube for less than six months. They do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to build a gaming community. And the question is, um, what are considered high and low impressions on a video? I do gaming and my impressions are typically 300 to 1,000 on upload. That would be low impressions. So in terms of you know what's high and low, it would really be dependent on your content. So let's say, for example, if you normally get 200 um, on a video until people stop responding to it, then in that case, you know, 
know, three to uh, 300 to a thousand would be fantastic in that case, because that means that people are responding a little bit better to your video, which means that people are going to, or YouTube is going to be showing it to more people. And, you know, they're going to be, you know, seeing how they respond to it. So you're kind of notching yourself up in that case, which would be great. Um, but in terms of, you know, what's considered high and low impressions, it can go as high as, you know, you can imagine in terms of impressions of them testing it against people on the platform. And in terms of low, um, in my opinion, you know, like 300 or a thousand impressions is low. But if you're just getting started and, you know, you're still trying to get people to respond to your content in a positive way and things like that, then, you know, that's what you're going to be, you know, working with. And that's perfectly okay. You know, one thing that I do want to mention is, you know, with everybody, when we start, you know, doing this stuff and even, you know, when you have experience and you start new channels, as an example, when YouTube doesn't have a lot of data for that new channel, then, you know, it might take you a little bit of time to, to get rolling and that's perfectly okay. But it's especially when you're getting started, because in addition to that side of things, you also have the side of things where, you know, you're trying to learn how to get people to click. You're trying to learn how to make videos that people are, you know, will enjoy a little bit more. You're trying to learn how to make, you know, impactful thumbnails and things like that. So, um, so as long as you're seeing an increase over time, then you're okay. And of course, you know, you can dial that in as you, you know, get more uh, knowledgeable on all this stuff and your skills, you know, get better and all of that. But, um, as long as you're seeing, you know, a, a positive in increase, then you're doing the right thing and you're heading in the right direction. So, um, let's see here. Oh, you're launching a new channel. Nice. Nice. Excited. Super excited for that. So next up, we've got, uh, let's see here, Boogie Woogie Blues and Classical Piano. That sounds like a fun channel. The type of channel is Boogie and Blues Piano Tutorials. It's definitely a fun channel. The goal of the channel is to share my love of uh, this wonderful music and earn some moolah. <laughs> they put that in parentheses with a little, with a little laughy face. Um, the question is, about six weeks ago, I did a paid promotion of an entry-level digital piano. The company wanted me to just play something on it and put up some text about its features as I played and some discount codes, etc. in the description. They approved the video and it did okay in terms of views. However, I've not heard from them since. My payment was the piano, so no issues there. Is it worth me reaching out for some feedback on the hope of getting another sponsorship from them? Or should I presume that they're not interested in another collaboration? I don't want to sound desperate. Here's the thing. If you don't ask, then they're not going to be able to tell you one way or the other. So without question, I believe that if you did you know, have that arrangement with them, that you should reach out to them and you should say, hey, I just want to follow up. Um, you know, I'm really enjoying your piano, by by the way, but I just wanted to follow up and just let, you know, let me know how the campaign campaign went, um, you know, see if there's anything else that, you know, that I can uh, do for you and or any other ways that you would like to, you know, collaborate and, you know, try to just get that dialogue and try to open up that opportunity for yourself. Because, you know, in some cases they're going to reach, you know, they'll reach back out to you when they need you, so to speak. Um, and then in other cases, you know, they're just going to move on to other content creators and things like that. So when you do reach out and you do show them like, hey, I'm, you know, I got this thing, but I'm also interested, like, how is my content convert? for you, then that takes you from somebody that's just like, hey, let me get the stuff and make a video to like, hey, this is somebody that's actually, you know, trying to drive some sales for us. So, um, so because of that, you might want to reach out and just get that conversation started with them. And at the very least, figure out how your videos did, right? Like, hey, did I send you any sales? Did anybody sign up? Like, how did, you know, how did the campaign work out? Are you happy with the results that you got? Um, and just, you know, start that dialogue with them. Some people will tell you like explicitly. Most people won't. Most people will be like, oh, it's doing okay or it's doing great or like, oh, we wish it could have done better. Um, but a lot of people won't give you actual, you know, conversion numbers, but some will. 
Um, so here, so next up on the list here, we've got Retro the Emperor. Love it. I'm so happy to get to answer a question from Retro the Emperor. Hope that I'm worthy, Emperor. <laughs> Says they upload every other day. They've been on YouTube for a, le- a year or more. Um, they make original music. It's them rapping or singing. Um, the goal of the channel says I want to make money from telling how I feel and my depression. And the go- uh, the question is, um, my question is that I had to delete a lot of my videos because of me using random beats from YouTube and my channel total views took a massive blow. How can I recover those lost views quickly? So here's what happened. You have your public views that um, that show up on your YouTube channel. Those public views are basically, you know, just the views that you've accumulated that are, you know, where on the videos that are still public. As soon as you unlist those videos or you delete those videos, then you lose those public view counts, the public watch time, you know, all of that stuff that goes with it. So because of that, um, what you have to do is you have to put out more content to fill those gaps out. So any of the videos that you've taken out, um, you need to, of course, put out new music so that you can or new videos about, you know, anything that you're doing, you know, around rapping or singing so that you can build that archive back up. So what what happened to you is kind of normal in terms of, you know, people having to do that from time to time based on mistakes that they've made or things that they didn't know in the past, but then now they know. So they have to go in and, you know, modify some things. So that's perfectly okay. You don't have to like freak out about that or anything like that. Um, However, when um, when you did take that down, you know, it definitely causes that that loss in views. And technically, one really good video could replace all of the views that were on those videos or, you know, just a nice handful you know, of videos or depending on how people respond to that content, it might take you the same amount of videos to build that archive back up. I'm not sure. But when it comes to how do you get those views back up, it's going to come down to you making content that people respond to at a competitive level for YouTube so that YouTube will um, show the content to more people is essentially what you're going to be dealing with. Retro the Emperor says I was panicking. Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like seeing, you know, seeing everything being like, oh, hey, we're going along and then like shooting down like that. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. If you check out your social blade and you see that graph, too. Yeah, that'll probably make you sick as well. (laughs) So the channel name here for this one is Buff uh, Bass Outdoors or Buff Bass Outdoors. They do fishing and outdoors content. So it's bass. And uh, the goal of the channel is to build a community and turn my passion into a career. I want to go full time on YouTube. And the question is, says, hey, Nick, it's me again (laughs) with all the shorts need. What is your stance on creating shorts to grow your audience and reach new viewers? Shorts are designed to uh, to reach new viewers. So because of that, um, if you are you know trying to get into that side of things, I would definitely give it a um, you know just run some experiments on it and see how you know see how people respond to the shorts that you make um, because shorts they are designed to push you in front of new audiences with the new update that they did. Now you can start seeing some recommendations from long form content that you watch and all that. But the idea with these is that they end up getting in front of a lot of people because they, they don't have to actually choose to click on your video that, you know, somebody swipes up and it's like, Oh, Hey, here's this video on fishing that they can show to people that are, you know, responding well to shorts, you know, about fishing or maybe outdoor stuff as an example. So next up on our list here, we've got, we're on number 11 here, we got X Diamond. X Diamond has a music channel. The goal is to impulse my career. And the question is, I'm a singer. I've been uploading my own songs for two years now. I put a lot of effort into making a whole song and music video, yet they never even reach 50 views. I use SEO as well. My thumbnails are good, and I try to make songs that people search for. I'm already frustrated for that reason because I think that I'm wasting time, and I think my work was the quality to expect more than that. How do you think I'd increase my views and see growth as soon as possible? So the first thing I want to tell you is most people 
that start, I can't speak for everybody, but you know, a lot of people when they start YouTube channels, um, they want to grow as fast as possible. Um, when people start playing sports, they want to be proficient at that sport as fast as possible. When people start playing with music instruments, they want to, you know, like they want to pick up a guitar and just be able to shred. They don't want to have to go through, you know, the boring stuff that Dee's bringing to my attention about sitting there and, you know, just kind of moving your fingers over the same thing, like slowly over and over again for, you know, 30 minutes a day. They don't want to do that. They just want to pick it up and, and shred, right? Me too. <laughs> but the reality is, you know, with all of this stuff, there are things that you have to learn in the process. Like in your case, you're targeting your, your music videos towards YouTube search. You're making them around things that people search for. But keep in mind that, you know, when you are doing that, that you still have to make content that competes against all of the other stuff that, that you're, that you're showing up against. So for example, just because you target something for YouTube search doesn't mean that it's going to show up there. I mean, it might show up there. They might test it there. Um, but depending on how people respond to it will determine like if it even goes there, if people, um, or how people respond to it is going to determine if it stays there or stays in a you know preferred position in YouTube search or not. Same exact thing goes to your home pages, suggested videos, all of that. When you are putting your content together, try to think of it from the perspective of, okay, so I just made this song. It's a cover. Um, if it's a cover. Um, so I just made this song, it's a cover. Um, so let me see how I can, you know, um, make it obvious from the outside that it's a cover of this particular song so that people that are interested in that artist will, you know, see that artist maybe in the thumbnail, um, or they will, you know, see the name of the song or however it is that you decide to, you know, grab their attention through the thumbnail. Um, but you want to help them identify that it has something to do with that, you know, song or that person so that, you know, they'll, they'll see, Hey, this is something that I, that I'm interested in that I know that I'm interested in. So let me click on this and check it out. So that can come from search, but you are in your particular case with making music, um, in music videos, you're actually most likely going to want to go for search in or I'm sorry, um, recommendations, unless you're pumping out songs on a regular basis. Then in that case, you want to, um, also start thinking about like playlists because, you know, like me, for example, when I'm listening to music on YouTube, I'll go over to like YouTube search and I'll look for playlists of music so that I can just turn it on and I can just sit back and listen without, you know, YouTube sending me down other rabbit holes through the next up. I want a very controlled playlist that I'm listening to. So because of that, I'll do like, you know, trap rap and then I'll see that, you know, that come up and then I'll look for a playlist of it and then I'll click into that playlist and then I'll move it to the side of my, you know, screen over there and then I'll, you know, have my other window up where I'm sitting there working on other stuff while that playlist is playing. Um, so, you know, make sure that you are considering that as well um, and that you are, you know, creating playlists on a regular basis and all that good stuff. Next up on the list here, we've got Jim Harold. Jim Harold, um, they upload one time per week or more. The type of channel is ghost stories, interviews, and now podcasts. And the goal of the channel is I want to monetize and add significant, um, significantly to my revenue streams in addition to being a full-time podcaster, which is how I make my living way more successful for me than YouTube. I've got some really good news for you. So I'm not sure if you saw my news segment yesterday. If not, just as a heads up, everybody here, I have a new segment I put out every Friday. You should definitely start checking into that if you're not already ready because what I do is I spread awareness about new features that YouTube is rolling out for content creators. Basically, anything that impacts you as a content creator is what we talk about in the news segment. I try to make them as short as I possibly can so you can get the information and then get along with your day. So make sure that you check in on those on Friday. But anyway, um, the thing that I wanted to let you know about is that YouTube actually created a, um, a page for podcasts specifically. Right now, you mostly see like bigger podcasts featured on there, um, but you will be able to use that as a discovery, um, you know, discovery page in the future. 
future as well. But um, it says YouTube is saying that podcasters should add their podcasts to their YouTube channels. I'm doing that as long form audiograms, but I'm not convinced um, that they'll be useful. However, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity. Should I make him another channel for my podcast separate from true video, shorter, um, shorter form content on my main channel? So if, if your podcasts are targeted towards the same audience, then technically you could put them on your main channel. But if you normally upload video content, you normally upload shorts, that kind of stuff. You do live streams, things like that on your channel. It's normally video content. Personally, I wouldn't recommend that you put the audiograms there. And the reason for that is because, you know, the, the people that are already interacting with the channel, they're into the video stuff that you're doing. If you did a video podcast, then you might want to experiment with that on your main channel or maybe clips of your video podcast on your main channel. Um, but the idea is like if, if, if your audience is expecting and used to you doing video related things on the channel, then in that case, you might want to keep doing video related things and then put the audiogram stuff on the on another channel. And then when you put the audiogram stuff on another channel, you can spread awareness about that through your current channel, as long as topically you are trying to reach the same audiences with, you know, all the different types of content that you create. If it's something different, then you don't want to be handing off from your main channel to um, to that. Next up on our list here, we're just cruising through these today. We're on like number 13 already, and it's only 8.45. So we got um, Pouty Punk. Pouty Punk says that they do gaming content. The goal of the channel, how many gamers? How many gamers we got in here? Gamers, 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 gamers. How many gamers? How many gamers we got in here? So the, um, the goal of the channel is to have a feeling that you get to have that feeling you get when people like watching your videos or streams to get entertained. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I like that. Um, the question is, I had made 500 long form videos over a few years, and then I made 200 shorts in about three months, and those shorts views videos were unrelated to my main niche. Terrible quality and getting the wrong audience to my channel, wrong language. Ooh. Basically, I want to know, should I delete all my shorts videos? Some have millions of views. Channel has 50,000 now, eight months later, 47,000 and slowly decreasing. If if the videos that blew up and, and all the popular content on that channel is in um, Indonesian language, I would keep going on that channel on Indonesian language. Um, you don't have to make videos in English if that's the other, you know, path that you're wanting to take. Um, you don't have to make videos in English, but since you already have this channel that is doing well for the people of Indonesia, then in that case, you might, if you do decide to do another channel, um, I wouldn't delete the shorts off of your main channel. I would just start another channel for English language so that you can just build that around an English audience and then don't intertwine the languages um, anymore. So make sure that that entire channel is 100% English. And then I would turn your other channel to shorts one that's you know that's doing well um you know um that's getting all the views and stuff from indonesia i would turn that one into a uh, indonesia language channel now keep in mind um that you do say that you have 500 you know long form videos over a few years so those long form videos if those are all in english you've kind of painted yourself into a corner so to speak to where you know you're going to have to make a choice of some kind i mean you don't have to but if it was me i would be like hey i gotta make a choice here and the reason for that is because one thing you always have to think about when you're trying to put two different languages on one channel is if 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 let's say you're watching my channel right and 
you can understand the English that I'm talking to you through right now or with right now. But then let's say I upload a video tomorrow and you click on that video and I'm speaking Thai or I'm speaking Japanese. Well, in that case, you're not going to understand and you're going to click right out of that video, even though it might have my face on it and it might be me in the video talking. You're going to click right out of that video immediately because you don't understand. Um, of course, I could put translations there and things like that, but most likely you're going to end up leaving my video for that particular you know idea. And if you're interested in that idea, you'll probably search for it in your own you know native language or whatever. So because of that, I would definitely, um, if it was mine, I would just say I'm going to put one language on one channel and one channel, uh, one language on another channel. Thanks for the message, Doug. I will uh, check that right now. Thank you. Um, so next up, we've got uh, K Dubs. K Dubs says, uh, "Thanks for the super chat. I appreciate it." it says my live streams average three thousand views, but my long form videos never seem to reach more than five hundred views. Any idea on how to improve my videos? I usually have a low click through rate, about six to eight percent. So, with that six to eight percent, I'm not sure what your I'm not sure what your impressions are on that. So, six to eight percent could be great if you had you know five hundred thousand impressions um, or more. However, if you have you know, um, you know, 300 impressions, then, you know, that six to 8% isn't as, isn't as nice. What the hails? Hope you're doing great. Welcome to the stream. Um, but basically you wouldn't have, uh, you know, like, like that six to eight, it's, it's okay, but it's still, it's not like, you know, really good, good. Um, if you don't have a lot of impressions. So if you're identifying that your click through rate, um, is low, compared to like your live stream content, for example, then in that case, you already know what it is that you got to do. You got to start packaging your videos in a better way so that the people that you're trying to reach can, um, can, you know, can, can identify that those videos are for them. So one thing that I would try, or one thing that I, that, that, you know, you should look into is if you're getting 3000 views on your, um, on your live streams, think about how you're packaging those up and what it is that you're offering in there and try to think of if there's anything that you could do to package up your, and by package, I mean, you know, topic title and thumbnail, try to think if there's anything that you can do in order to, uh, to package up your video content in a similar way or to give a similar type of value in that shorter form video content. Cause I'm not sure exactly what it is that you're doing your live streams or anything like that, but um, but if you do have one piece of content that's performing well on your channel and then you have other content that isn't, you have that one, uh, the, the ones that are as a guide of sorts, that's like, Hey, people are responding well to these. Since people are responding well to these, then I'm going to, you know, really analyze the heck out of these videos or these live streams in order to try to figure out what it is that people are responding to. So that comes down to, you know, the titles that you're using and the thumbnails that you're doing and just what it is that people get out of your live streams. And really, if you're getting 3000 views on, on, on uh, uh, your live streams, and then you're putting all this time to long form videos, and you're not breaking 500 views, you might just want to live stream. I mean, just putting that out there too. Like, you know, with live streams, as you know, like, you, you know, you go live, you do your thing. And then once the live stream's done, um, unless you're going to be sampling content out of it and all that, like it's, it's done. And then you like do the thing. So, so you might, if people are really responding to your lives, but they're not responding to your video content, then you might want to just consider that. But before you do, you also want to make sure that you're doing everything you can with your 
videos as well. So for example, make sure you go in your audience retention reports for your videos and you pay really close attention to how people are responding to each second of your videos because you might find that, hey, no wonder these short videos aren't doing well because I have this big long intro thing that I do in the beginning and tons of people leave during that that moment. And by the time all that's over and the dust settles, I've got like, you know, 20% of the viewers still hanging around, right? You might find that if you go and you look in your in your analytics. Um, but basically, you know, you do have the results from both of them and you have the stats for both of them and you can compare them against each other and try to figure out, you know, where the where the holes are, so to speak, in the uh, in the video content. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we're hopping back into the form for this one. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Crazy Kid 949, what's going on? Hope you're doing awesome. Welcome to the stream today. Drew Project, what's up, my man? Asia Coffee. I'm drinking coffee in Asia right now, right here. That's what we're doing right here, live. <laughs> so uh, next up here, we've got uh, Normal Mode TV. Normal Mode TV does video game reviews and video essays. The goal of the channel is for now to continuously improve, but eventually to be monetized. And the question is, should I be worried if the community tab takes longer than seven days to appear after hitting 500 subscribers? Thanks for everything you do. Nah, nah, don't be worried about it. Like, um, like you'll get it. So basically when you cross 500 subscribers, Subscribers. One thing that YouTube also tries to ensure is that once you hit that threshold, that you're going to hold it. So, for example, if you have you know people unsubscribing and then subscribing again, you're kind of floating right around that 500 range. Then in that case, you know it might cause a delay. Same exact thing goes for the partner program too. So if like you're getting subscribers at like a, a faster, steady rate, then you know once you cross those thresholds, then you like just go past them instead of kind of lingering around them. So if you do find that you are lingering around that 500, that might be causing the delay. Um, but you know, just rest assured you've got the requirement so you will get it. Just be patient and it'll it'll end up showing up for you. Um, K dubs. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Make sure next time you get the chance, um, go to NimminVIP.com. I just pinned it at the very bottom of the uh, screen right here. Oh, interesting. Oh, no, 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 that, that's right. Okay, so I just pinned it to the bottom of the screen right here. Um, go there before the stream is complete today. Fill out all the information. It's going to redirect you to our, our, our members-only Facebook group. Fill out all the information on the way in, um, and that's how I verify that you're a member. But if you can do that before the stream is over today, I'll get you in there um, as soon as the stream is complete. So, um, Carlene Geisha says, should I do shorts with relaxation videos? Um, technically you could, um, but I wouldn't do them as like, Hey, I'm just going to sample out this relaxation thing. I would try to make them more of an experience. So since you have 60 seconds, um, maybe trying to do stuff since you're making thing, you're making content that helps people relax. So maybe one thing to consider experimenting with is instead of just having, you know, some music playing with some pretty scenery, try to give it like a, like a, like a theme of some kind. So for example, you know, hey, um, you know, take this moment, you know, text on the screen or maybe you, your voiceover, whatever, to where it's, you know, hey, take this moment. Um, you know, we've got, you know, 45 seconds. Just give me 45 seconds of your time. Close your eyes, listen to this, breathe, you know, take this moment to, you know, kind of center yourself and, to, you know, focus on your breath and blah, blah, blah. So, um, so maybe trying to make it more of an experience like that so that, you know, they can sit there for a moment and, and, and enjoy that moment for people that are into um, that type of 
content. And then with that, um, you know, maybe they'll subscribe to the channel. But if they do go through that process and they do enjoy that and they sit there and, you know, go through the thing, then you're increasing the likelihood of YouTube recommending your longer form content to them, which is a, which is a huge win. So, um, so because of that, um, I would consider doing it or I would experiment with it. Um, you don't necessarily need to commit, but I would experiment and I would just try to think about, okay, how can I make each one of these shorts that I'm going to do, um, a theme of some kind to try to help people relax. So either, you know, just like a quick meditation instruction, maybe, or just a video trying to get people to just take a moment and breathe, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going down the list, Angel Tina, thank you for the Tania. Sorry about that. Thank you for the um, super sticker there. I appreciate it. And I saw a question in here and then my chat jumped about me trying. Ah, here it is from uh, CMN Surfer says, have you tried brewing coffee with cinnamon yet? I haven't brewed it with cinnamon yet, but I sprinkle cinnamon into it. I actually didn't for this coffee um, this evening, but, um, but this morning I did. Usually I do, but sometimes I just forget just because I'll be in like a hurry or something. <laughs> Shaw Magic, thank you for the super chat. Says, do you still use TubeBuddy? Absolutely, I still use TubeBuddy. So TubeBuddy, in my opinion, um, TubeBuddy is a tool that if you're a content creator that you should be using it for some of the features. So depending on what it is that you do and depending on what it is that you're trying to do, um, there's a feature for you. So for example, um, like if you are trying to, you know, figure out um, like, hey, you're, you're, let's say you're making videos for YouTube search and you're trying to find videos that have high competition or low competition, but high search volume. TubeBuddy is a fantastic tool to help you be able to identify those and not just be able to identify those, but also to be able to look at what other ways that people are looking for those ideas. So you can say like, oh, hey, let me click on this one and see what my chances are in terms of, you know, just based on you know channel theme and all that of my of, of my, you know, ranking for this particular one. But keep in mind with all, you know, with all the tools, nobody can guarantee your ranking because that's based on video performance. But it just tells you, like, if you do all the things right, then in that case, you know, this is kind of like your, um, you know, your opportunity here based on the weighted score if you have the weighted version. Um, but when it comes to Buddy, they also have their A-B testing feature, which is fantastic. It helps you learn what your audience responds to when it comes to your thumbnails. Um, they have the bulk update feature. Um, I use that actually from time to time um, uh, with that particular thing. Anytime I need to swap out an affiliate link or anytime I need to add something to my descriptions or whatever, they make it to where you can just put in the, the blurb that you're looking for. You put in the replacement and then you hit go. And it'll show you all the videos that have, you know, that particular, you know, phrase in it or the link you're trying to change or whatever. And then you have the, uh, the, the alternate version that you're going to swap it out with and then you tell it go and then it'll go through all of your descriptions just do it for you without you having to open up every video and go down to all the description find the thing and do it like it's got a tons of, of really helpful tools like like that that can help you out um, it also has something called a click magnet where it looks at the content that you already have and helps you find themes within your thumbnails that people typically respond to um, those types of things so yeah it's, it's absolutely something that i use and uh and something that i still recommend others as well so uh, next up, we got T's Hot Mess History. Hope you're doing awesome. Says, Nick, finally shortened my name to something less than a million characters. <laughs> Hit 97,000 subscribers this week. 
I love your news videos on Fridays. Please keep those coming. I got to go create now. High five and fist bump to you, 97,000. Next time you're in the stream, I hope that you have 100. I'm super pumped for you to be like, I hit it. I hit it. I'm at 100,000 subscribers. Like, I'm super pumped for you to, uh, to show up in the stream on that one. So, um, so I'm definitely going to keep going with the new stream. Um, so basically, that experiment that I was running on the new stream, I've got nine of them out now. Um, the response already is good enough to where I'm like, yeah, I'm going I'm to keep doing these. So, yeah, without question, I'm going to keep doing the, um, the news series. The only time that I might take a break is like, let's say that I'm traveling somewhere and I'm in the air or something like that, or if I went on a vacation or something. But even then, I might just check in on my phone real quick and be like, hey, you know, today this is the stuff, or just make a quick video and then just upload that video maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep on with the news. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got run number 15 now um, on the questions. So we're just cruising through these. If you are just joining the stream, I do want to let you know we're talking about YouTube and all things related to YouTube and being a content creator. I'm currently answering the questions that are in the forum down in the description, but I do want to let you know I will be you know answering them directly out of the chat here a little bit. We'll go into a lightning round later in the stream where I'll just start you know kind of crushing through questions, trying to answer them as fast as I possibly can. Um, so you can stick around for that if you you know didn't get a chance to get your question down in the forum, but there's still room. So if you get your question down there, there's still a good chance that it's going to get answered on the stream today. So definitely feel free to go ahead and get your question down there. And I also want to let you know, for those of you that do put a question down there, if for whatever reason we don't get to it on the stream today, um, then, you know, I look for these for like video ideas and, you know, I'm doing a bunch of recording on my um, podcast as well. So I can get a bunch of those queued up. So I'm pulling some of the questions that you've been asking in, in the live streams for like those types of things as well. So even if it doesn't get answered here, um, there's a good chance that I might answer it like somewhere so um so just keep that in mind Midnight Super Madness chat. 4 by 4 says, hey, Nick, I'll um, see you and D at VidSummit. Um, wrapped up all the tickets and bookings last night. Awesome, man. Looking forward to seeing you over there. Super pumped. Yeah, we're like 31 days away from uh, from VidSummit. Super looking forward to that. Um, living in Omaha is our next question from David Matney. Um, they do biweekly content. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. It's real estate content. The goal of the channel is to grow my business. And the question is, should I have a brand channel or how do I know if I have a brand channel? channel or a personal channel. Thanks, Nick. So um, now with like the permissions options and all that with YouTube, you don't need a brand channel um, these days. It used to be that you would use that for the sake of being able to um, like add people to the channel and that kind of thing. If you needed like help, you had assistance helping you with stuff and all that. Now you can just do that through the permissions settings. Um, technically, if you have a brand channel, then if you sell your company, then you know, it just makes it easier to do that sort of thing. Um, however, um, these days, just with the permission things, if you don't plan on, you know, taking that approach, um, then not having the brand channel and having the personal channels fine. But if you go into your settings and then you go into channel and then you go into from there, I think that's where you click on the advanced option, then that should open up another web page. And then on that web page is where it should tell you if you have a brand account or not, as long as I'm remembering that flow correctly. Brian G. Johnson in the house. What is up, Brian G? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you here hope you're doing awesome my man so brian says anyone else like to see nick do the youtube news from space that would be cool seems reasonable but of course i'm a reasonable man you know what i would love to do that from space maybe everybody needs to start tweeting at like elon musk and see if they can get me on one of those rockets and uh and i can go up to the space station and be like hey this is what's going on in youtube news today <laughs> oh that'd be great okay so next up we've got um bearded iron Bearded Iron says, 
They do fitness content. The goal of the channel is to help people lose weight and get realistic results. The question is, hey, Nick, great work as always. How do I get more of my own videos suggested on my content? I use TubeBuddy in the tools. Um, and in the tools, it tells you how many of my videos are being suggested, and it always shows zero out of 20. All my videos are the same niche and added to playlists, etc. Um, can I slow jam the news? Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I slow jammed one of my uh, my last video that I published, actually. I did slow jam that one, so I could probably incorporate that into the news, too. But um, um, when it comes to getting um, your content suggested next to each other, it actually comes down to um, keep in mind. So there's a few factors going on here. One, when it comes to your suggested videos, keep in mind that if you're looking at your content as a viewer, then YouTube is actually considering the video that you would be most likely to watch. Just because you're looking at your own channel doesn't mean that they're not gonna be recommending other content that they think that you're going to be likely to watch. So because of that, your suggested videos that you're seeing, they're customized to you. So because of that, what you wanna do is you wanna look at your channel from incognito mode, you wanna look at it from you know some other people's you know uh, channels. If you got buddies you know with YouTube apps, have them look at it, whatever. But um, but basically, how the, how the suggested videos work is they're suggesting other videos that they think you're likely to watch. So of course, it's somebody's engaging more on your con with your content, then they are going to see more of your videos being suggested in that column based around the topics that you know, the system thinks that they would be interested in from your channel based on other things that they're watching from your channel. So because of that, um, um, just understand that the suggested videos now are more of a customized, um, more of a customized experience. But what you want to make sure that you are doing to increase the likelihood of specific videos showing up next to other videos is you want to try to create a relationship, of course, um, between content or a chain um, or a connection between content. So what that means is, um, like, let's say that you are watching one video. You hear, you know, Brian G. Johnson talking about it. You hear me talking about it. You hear my brother talking about it. You hear Daniel Battelle talking about it. You hear Daryl Eves talking about it. You hear Tim Schmoyer talking about it. You hear Jevin Doby talking about it. You hear Sean and his whole team talking about it. You hear everybody. Um, you hear everybody talking about the idea of recommending another piece of content when somebody comes to the end of your videos, right? The idea with that is if you make it to the end of a video or you get a lot of people that are making it through your videos, they make it to the end of your video and then they're clicking on one of the videos that you recommend at the end of your video because you're like, hey, if you're enjoying this video or you made it this far in the video, it's probably because blah, blah, blah. Well, I've got another video that's going to, you know, X, Y, Z. You can click into that right here. Then in that case, what you're doing is you are intentionally trying to create that flow or that connection between videos. So what can happen is if you have enough people that are following that path and YouTube sees that people are enjoying this video, they're satisfied with this content, they're enjoying this so much that they're watching another video and then they're enjoying that video and then maybe they're watching another one from there, then in that case, then the likelihood of those videos being recommended next to each other is going to drastically increase because you've created that connection or the relationship between content. So in order to put this whole idea on like steroids, so to speak, what you want to do is you want to use your end screen to you know try to direct people into another video. You want to use your pinned comment to also try to direct people into maybe that same video, which can be effective. Um, you can also use your YouTube cards to do the same exact thing. So what you do is you take one video and you take all the features that YouTube has available for you and you point them towards that next video that would make logical sense for your viewers to watch. And of course, they have to they have to enjoy your content enough to actually go through this flow. But if you can get enough people doing that, 
content, then YouTube identifies when people watch video A on this you know particular video right here, when they watch video A, a lot of them also watch video B and they enjoy video B. So therefore, since this is like a common you know thing that happens when people are interacting with this one video, let's start testing this one up in the next up spot. And then what happens there is even the people that don't click on you know, like your pinned comment or maybe they're waiting and trying to decide if they want to click on that video in your end screen or whatever, then in that case, you know, that particular video could just end up in that next up spot to where it'll just default over into that next piece of content as well. Other things that you can do um, related to this is let's say you have a series of videos that you put together. Since you're all content creators in here, we'll just say that that um, series is about video editing. And let's say um, video editing, let's say you're making like a um, Camtasia, you know, series and you're like, hey, the, the, you know, these are 10 videos about Camtasia and we're just really short videos and we're just taking you through the process of getting it all set up and, you know, getting your first edit and your first render together. Then in that case, if you have a playlist and it's a series playlist and you want to make sure that you mark it as a series playlist because that tells YouTube that the video videos in that playlist are, are, are related to each other in some way. And it's also important to know that as part of this, because I know a lot of you are new content creators, a playlist is just a collection of videos. Um, any video on YouTube can be put into it from other channels, like anything, it's perfectly fine. Um, and videos can be in multiple playlists on YouTube, just regular playlists. However, when it comes to videos that are in a series playlist, the video can only be from your YouTube channel and each video on YouTube can only be in one series playlist. So what you're doing is you're creating all of these connections, right? In terms of that one video, trying to drive people to that next video, but then, you also add those videos into a playlist and then you start trying to drive people into that playlist to where it's in order and then they're likely to take that same path there and by doing that the really cool thing that can happen in that case is when people are watching one of your videos let's say they're watching video three out of that 10 video playlist let's say they go into um, let's just say they start the playlist so let's say they watch your your originating video you recommend, oh, hey, I made this series about Camtasia. If you're wanting to learn how to do that, then click into this. They click into that and then they start watching those videos and you have a lot of people and volume is the is the key here. But you have a lot of people that are interacting with those videos in order. Then what's going to happen is YouTube is going, the system is going to identify that people are taking that path. And even people that don't come in through the playlist are also, you're increasing the likelihood of those people also seeing some of those videos being recommended next to that originating video, even if they didn't go into the playlist. So in that case, let's say somebody comes in video three, but because you have a lot of people completing that playlist or going through like five videos in that playlist, then what you're doing is you're increasing the likelihood of YouTube showing like video four, video five, because that would be the normal path, um, possibly, you know, the other videos too, but you're increasing the likelihood of YouTube showing some of those other videos um, being suggested next to that video as well. So, you know, there's a lot of things that, that, that go on there so to speak. Um, but that's the idea is you just want to try to create those connections between content. And of course you got to deliver through the whole thing. Like you have to deliver through the whole thing in terms of the satisfaction of the viewer, but then you also have to, you know, do it with volume as well, because you know, like three viewers do it, not that big of a deal. Um, you know, 3000 people do it totally different scenario because then it's like, Hey, 3000 people are taking this path and they're enjoying that path. So let's, you know, start suggesting these videos next to each other. Okay, next up on the list, we've got, that's a really good question though. So next up, we've got, uh, let's see here. So how many times per week do you upload? Says, I don't, I'm getting ready to start my channel. Um, they say they don't have a channel name yet. And the question here, 
is that it's probably beauty related. They haven't figured it out yet, but they're that's the direction it seems they're going. But they say that the goal of the channel is to help professional beauty artists and aspiring professionals. I've been doing it for 25 years and it's been a long road. Question, is it possible to edit videos without a very robust computer? I've been wanting to start forever, but I can't afford a Mac or very much generally at the moment. I have an HP Envy 2019 that was about $1,000. I've seen photographer friends of mine really struggle with crap equipment while trying to edit photos in Photoshop. So um, technically you can edit videos on your phone or tablet. So you don't have to have a computer in order to edit videos, but it does make the process a little bit easier because because you can like, you know, just in my opinion, you know, like if you start editing on a, on a phone and on a tablet, then in your brain, it might end up being like, Hey, this is way easier because it's, you know, what you learned on. But, um, but in my opinion, it's easier to do it on a computer because, you know, you can just, you know, fine tune everything so much. Like you can really get into the details of it. Um, however, you can use a, a phone or a tablet in order to edit your videos. But when it comes to the strength of your computer, if you are going to put out like 4K footage, as an example, and you want to let that 4K footage render all night long, then in that case, you know, you can do it on a, on a, on a lower quality computer. And there's also things like if you really want to get into it called like proxy files and stuff like that, where you can actually work with like the low, with like a lower sample file kind of is the idea. Um, and then when you actually do the render, then it renders out the actual real file or the, you know, high quality file. You can do that sort of thing as well. I think, um, Vegas does that, which I really don't even recommend that you use, um, Sony Vegas because it kind of sucks these days. Um, or, uh, Adobe Premiere also has that option too with the proxies. But um, but that might be a solution for you. But when it comes to um, the computer, like, um, you know, when you're first getting started, just try to figure it out in terms of like, hey, I'm just going to use an app for now to get it done um, and to try to get as good as I possibly can in the app while I'm saving up money for a computer that's going to be able to do it. But I'd be surprised, like, you know, a thousand dollar computer, you know, a couple of years ago, that should be able to, you know, that should probably be able to, uh, to, to handle, you know, a decent amount of that. So you might want to just try uploading as 1080p right now um, for the actual, you know, resolution instead of doing 4K. Um, you might want to do 1080p right now instead, just to, you know, learn how to do it and just kind of test your computer and see how, you know, see how it goes. Evil Ash, hope you're doing great. Welcome to the stream today. Aperture Movement, hope that you are doing awesome. They say that HP laptops work good for at least two years. So we got some feedback coming in there. And uh, we also have Sean Russ saying that he has a 10 year old computer that they're using. Um, it's what I have and it's what I'm using. Yeah. So like, you know, like your computer might be able to get it done. And it also is going to come down to the actual um, it's going to come down to the actual software that you're using too. like some software is much more intense on your computer, like DaVinci Resolve. It's free, but it really puts some strain on your computer when you're using it. So, you know, finding, you know, software that isn't as, uh, you know, uh, taxing, so to speak, on your computer isn't as memory intensive um, is definitely something to consider as well. Um, let's see here. So we got that. Okay. So really quick. So aperture movement Super says no question today, but I wanted to say thank you. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And thanks for, um, thank you for that. Glad that you're in the stream today. Thanks for joining Tier talk says, um, Hey Nick, when it comes to building a relationship with your audience, how do you remain authentic while striving for perfection? Just do you like, I know that sounds like easy, but you know, you just got to do you like when, 
when you and go live that's another thing because like in video content you can like pretend as much as you want in video content because you can edit it and make everything look perfect and make yourself sound smart and all that stuff but like uh live streaming can really amplify that because you can like when you live stream like you have no choice like you, if you want to put on a show you can but it's it's going to dissolve relatively fast because you're you know you're going to be live streaming so that you're not going to be able to like maintain that so um so because of that you know experiment with live streaming see how that goes but really just you know just trying to be yourself and just thinking you know as you're doing everything like am i doing this you know as authentically as i can do it now little details of course do pop up and we do have to address those since we're having this conversation like for example for me if I am having coffee with my brother, um, D, then, you know, I, I'm not speaking as loud as I am right now, right? So I amplify my voice a little bit when I'm doing this sort of thing. Um, when I'm making videos, you know, I amplify my voice and all that just to kind of make up for some of the energy that the camera takes away. Um, so, you know, I do amplify my voice, but in terms of like my opinions on stuff and things like that, um, you know, I keep all of that, you know, as, um, as authentic as I can within limits because there's other things too like uh you know and hey really quick scratch cards with scotty thank you for the super sticker i appreciate it um, but there's other things too like you know for example you know i also as i'm doing this you know thing i also have to make sure that i'm being you know family friendly and brand friendly so i have to keep that in mind so because of that you know i have to be mindful of the language you know that i'm using which may you know some people would say that that's being inauthentic which you know it kind of is but you know i'm also playing the role so to speak of you know like Hey, I'm in this room over here, which that, you know, type of thing doesn't represent me well. So I'm going to make sure that I, you know, just present myself in the best way possible. And I keep the language in check and stuff like that. Um, whereas if I'm just like hanging out with buddies or something, I would be more relaxed in that sense, right? Where I might, you know, say some words, you know, sometimes or whatever, or I might just talk like a trucker for, you know, a short amount of time or whatever the thing is. So, so when it comes to, you know, that side of things, and that's another decision that you have to make in terms of like, you know, how much do I pull, you know, do I, do I, um, you know, how transparent, you know, do I be when I'm doing this stuff? Um, the recommendation that I have, and that's just based on my experience is, uh, you know, try to be, you know, family friendly and brand friendly because that gets you more, you know, that, that makes you more accessible to more people. So you might not resonate as deeply with some people, but it makes you more accessible to a lot more people. And it's just considerate. So like, in my opinion, like there's going to be <laughs> yeah, D says, yeah, my, my bad words are gosh, golly and darn it. Yeah. That's my, that's my stuff. Oh, darn it. Yeah. And then D is like, Hey, I just made a video of you saying, darn it. I'm going to put it on the internet. And I'm like, no, please. Gosh, don't do that. <laughs> but anyway, that's anyway, like, um, just, just make sure that you're just thinking of like, okay, how do I want to represent myself? Am I you know, going to try to be brand friendly, family friendly and stuff like that? Like one thing that I really try to be mindful of is I know that some people are watching this stream right now and they have like kids hanging out in the room. And because of that, you know, I want to have it to where they can still enjoy the stream. They can still learn about all of this stuff without having to think like, oh man, I hope he doesn't say something that I'm going to have to explain to my kids. Or I hope he doesn't, you know, drop these words that we normally don't, you know, that we normally don't say around the kids type of thing so i just try to be considerate in that way um also good question though uh let's see here midnight madness 4x4 says you should hear me in the garage doing repairs yeah i think that's anybody in the garage doing repairs <laughs> so uh next up we got king uh cmc tv they upload one time per week or more they do gaming content the goal of the channel is to monetize and support their family and the question is i do apex legend gaming i get 50 to 100 views total on my live streams but on my uploads i get five views or less the tags i use for my live 
to um, hold on the tags I use for my live to gain I think is what they meant there traffic should I use that for my videos I upload plus does Roberto Blake have an audio book for his new book I have the YouTube formula book already um, so um, to my understanding Roberto doesn't have an audio version yet but it's on the way and by the way just in case you guys don't know Roberto Blake dropped a book I've got a um, uh, I've got a link to it down in the description or you can just go to Amazon and look for awesome um, awesome um, create something awesome sorry um, but if you go to Amazon you look for create something awesome it'll pop up um, but when he published it he's like on the bestseller list now and all of that which is pretty awesome congratulations Roberto for that um, but Roberto does have a book so I know a lot of you that hang out here you know like you've seen Roberto on these streams plus you're already familiar with Roberto anyway um, so just as a heads up there um, he uh, he dropped a book recently but anyway um, yeah, he doesn't have an audio version yet, but it is on the way to my understanding. In terms of you getting five views on one, 50 to 100 views on the other, um, again, just like I mentioned to the other channel that had a similar problem um, with, you know, with their live streams performing way better than their video content. One thing that I do recommend is that you do look at things like your click through rate. You think about the value that you're offering from your live streams compared to your longer form content, that sort of thing. Also think about how you're getting the word out. Is there something that you're doing for your live streams that you're not doing for your video content? content. For example, hey, I'm going live and you try to hype it up a little bit, you know, through Discord or maybe your social accounts or whatever, to where maybe when you do your videos, you just publish them, you know, that sort of thing. So you might hype both of them up. I'm not sure. But what you want to do is you just want to think about, okay, topically what I talk about in my live streams, how do I typically write my titles, what do I typically put in the thumbnail, and would I be able to apply any of that to what it is that I'm doing in my video content? And in addition to that, you might just be an awesome, you might just be an awesome streamer, right? Hey, I apologize there. Um, I think we accidentally exploring with Nug. I think we accidentally want to uh, or uh, accidentally uh, uh uh, muted you there just as a heads up but they mentioned they say you want to boost subscribers use shorts is what they uh, what they mentioned there so I think you might have actually gotten auto flagged there um, just because of the boost subscribers language I think you might have gotten auto flagged on that one but anyway um, so the idea is to um, you know just think about what it is that you're offering you know on one compared to the other and really start thinking about okay maybe I'm just an awesome live streamer and that's why people are responding so well to my live streams maybe I should do that more um, or just thinking about the specific value you know that you offer from each one and thinking about you know maybe the replay value um, on your live streams maybe they're just more entertaining to watch whereas maybe the videos maybe you're just doing you know too much or not enough to your video content people are just responding to those not as well and therefore since people aren't as satisfied with those then youtube's you know going to show them to less people compared to your uh, live streams Oh, no, it's okay. It's just as part of our uh, part of our thing here. It's just kind of like on the list of things to like nail people for. So either it auto flagged you or one of the moderators saw that like, you know, language and they're like, oh, get it. So so no worries at all. Yeah, I know that you weren't, you know, doing anything like shady there. It's all good. Um, so next up on our uh, list here, we've got round number 19 already. Holy cow, it's 920 round 19. Skippy ZK says they have been on YouTube for one year or more. Um, they do cannabis and nerd stuff. The goal of the channel is to get 25 concurrent viewers so i'm guessing it's a live stream and the question is i set up playlists on youtube for music how can i change playlists quickly while gaming um so in that case if you are streaming music in the background um first off just a heads up we have a free music service where you can actually do this through like spotify and all that or you can just do it from the youtube channel either one um i got links to you know creator mix this actual logo for it but i've got links to uh creator mix uh music down in the uh, description below where you can find everything about it but um when it comes 
to changing playlists quickly, I'm not sure what your streaming setup looks like. Um, so like if your streaming setup is to where you're just pulling like desktop audio, then in that case, you could just have two browser windows open and you have you know one, one playlist playing and then have the other playlist in another browser window and then just stop the playlist in the one browser window and hit play on the other one. Um, that might be the way to do it um, in order to you know make that switch quickly. Next on our list here, we've got, uh, let's see here, the channel name here is Crafty Gaming. Crafty Gaming, they do daily content. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. The goal of the channel is to learn everything about having a YouTube channel and give people something to occupy their time. And the question is, should I use hashtags and video titles, descriptions, and or tags area? So when it comes to hashtags, um, you can put them in your titles if you want to, but I don't recommend it. Um, the description is where you really wanna put your tags. You wanna make sure that you're using less than 15 hashtags in your descriptions and the reason you want to use less than 15 is because if you use more than 15 then it deems all of them invalid um, but really the only ones people are going to see on the video are going to be right underneath the video itself um, you get three that people will see there and it'll be the first three that you add to your description so you can use those but here's my um, uh, tip for you when it comes to using hashtags in your videos you want to make sure that if you are using hashtags in your videos that you research the hashtags that you're using first one of the things that we run across all the time in our members only live streams that we do in our Facebook group. One of the things that we uh, run into a lot there is people will use hashtags and they won't research them first. And because of that, the content or the hashtag that they use isn't really appropriate for their type of content or, you know, the, the message they're trying to share in that video or whatever. And it'll end up showing up in places that it shouldn't show up and people won't respond to it. And therefore it just won't maintain, um, you know, in that particular area. So you want to make sure that you are looking you want to make sure that you are looking um, at the hashtags that you're using and you're looking at the results page. So in order to do this, just do the hashtag, um, just put the actual hashtag into YouTube search and then hit go. And then once you do that, then it's going to show you like a little box over here with the hashtag and you click on that and then it's going to take you into the results page for that. And then once you're in there, then you're going to see the videos that are performing well for that hashtag. And what you want to do is you want to think to yourself, okay, if this is what, if these are the videos that are performing well for this hashtag, that's why you YouTube is, you know, prioritizing those, then in that particular case, would the video that I'm making also blend in well with these topically? So for example, if you're making a video about, you know, some type of thing that you were cooking, then in that particular case, if it was all cooking videos that you saw in those particular results, then it would be a great fit. But if you're making something about cooking and then um, everything that you saw was about like pots and pans, but you're actually showing people how to cook something, then that would let you know, okay, people are responding to like pots and pans here, pots and pan reviews or whatever. So therefore, I'm not going to use this particular hashtag. Instead, I'm going to research a little bit longer and I'm going to find one that's more appropriate for the content that I have and the results um, that I'm trying to um, show up for. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Next up on our list today, we've got Mima McLiving Healthy. They do one time per week or more. They make content on their iPhone. It is a long-term weight loss and encouragement channel. The goal of the channel is to help others get into healthy weight range. And the question is, how do I add printable pages in my description box? 
So, um, if you are, if you're talking about like a PDF that somebody would like download or something, like if you're putting together guides for people, like, hey, here's like a meal plan for you or something like that, um, then in that case, all you have to do is create the PDF itself, and then you would, and you can do that inside of like Google Docs. You can export those as a PDF. Um, you can do it in Adobe where you can export those as a PDF. So there's a bunch of different ways to do this, but you create the PDF first, and then you can put it on like Amazon S3, or you can put it in Dropbox or Google Drive or something like that. And then you can just put a link to it um, right there in your video description directly to that. Uh, of course, you can level that up a little bit by getting your own website, um, getting hosting for your website, building you know an actual page for it. So then people would go to that page to download it, and then you can get their email address, and you can keep you know sending them additional guides and updates and letting them know when you upload videos and things like that. You can do that as well. But if you're just wanting to put uh, you know, a link to the thing down there, then you essentially just need a place to put it. And then you need to, uh, like I said, Dropbox as an example, or Google Drive, then you copy the link to it, make sure that it's a public link so that everybody that sees it can get it. And then you just paste that link right down into your video description. To make the, look, the link look a little bit cleaner, you might want to use something like Bitly um, in order to shorten the link so that it does come out, you know, so it doesn't, you know, fill up, you know, like a big paragraph worth of text in your description. It just makes everything just look more cleaner you know download your guide here bam little short link and then you're good to go um, let's see here. As we keep on going through this list, we got a Timio Silvia, Artemio. Sorry about that. Silvia um, Silva says that uh, they upload one time per week or more. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. It's educational content. The goal of the channel is to help others and share my experiences. The question is, I enlisted my podcast episodes to my main channel and I uploaded them to the new channel. And as you predicted, YouTube flagged them. I made them private, but the claim stayed. I had to delete them completely to get rid of the issue. I hope my experience helps the community. So based Basically, what they say here is um, is they had podcast episodes up on their main channel, and then they just went ahead and uploaded those same ones to the new channel, and YouTube flagged them. So because of that, um, you want to make sure that you delete. You know, if you're going to be doing that type of thing, you want to make sure that you delete them off of you know the main channel first before you upload them to another channel. Retro the Emperor sub to Creator Mix. Awesome. You're going to love the music over there, especially somebody that, you know, raps and, you know, all of that. So you have, you know, that 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 more intimate, you know, appreciation for music because you get to get in there and, you know, like hop on, you know, like ride, you know, beats and stuff. So you have that little bit of extra, you know, sprinkle there of uh of appreciation for the music so uh next up on our list here we've got roblox vids is the name of the channel and uh they do gaming roblox the goal of the channel is to entertain people and the question is can a 12 year old do a good job on youtube channel by themselves so technically you have to be over 13 to have a youtube channel um that is um like by yourself your parents should always be involved um you know like while you're young like that um but you should have you i think you need to be 13 if i remember correctly um in order to do that if renee if you happen to be in here if you could give some clarity on that if you know the answer if you don't no big deal um but the um yeah it, it, i think it's 13 plus is the is kind of like the limit um that they want now you can do you can be a younger person with your parents permission on there but i'm i'm i can't remember if the you know like ryan toys world for example he's like you know he was like five when he started the youtube channel but like um but his parents you know did the did the thing but like when it comes to you know running it yourself that's what i'm trying to uncover in terms of like the age range um for that it might just be 18 i'm not i'm not sure 
Insane McLean says, hey, man, supporting the channel. Thanks for the super chat, by the way. Says, in supporting the channel, um, been a, a while. Life has been busy in a good way. Getting to go to Vid Summit this year, awesome. Can't wait to learn a ton from you and the other speakers. It's literally a dream true. Um, a, a dream come true going. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped that you're going. I'm pumped that you are going to uh, be there this year. So, you know, once you're there, definitely, um, you know, definitely, you know, hook me up or, or hit me up. You know, we'll sit down. We'll chat for a while. Um, so I'm super, super pumped to, uh, to see you there. Next up on the list here, you're going to learn a ton. You're going to learn so much. Um, let's see here. So Dean Cole is our next uh, channel here. They upload when they have time. The type of channel is business development, Q&A, and lifestyle vlogs. The goal of the channel is to grow my brand and gain more paid clients for consultations. And the question is, I'm not a new creator, but uh, last year I was not consistent. Now I want to bring my channel back and regain momentum. What advice would you give me trying to revitalize my channel and get my mojo back? If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So if you are trying to um, revitalize your channel and get your mojo back, first, you got to hunt down Dr. Evil because um, if he took your mojo, if your mojo is gone, that's usually where mojo goes. So um, first you gotta find Dr. Evil. Once you find Dr. Evil and you get your mojo back, then let's start talking about your YouTube channel. So what you wanna do is um, even while you've been gone, people have been interacting with your YouTube channel. If you go into your stats, one of the things that you are going to see is you're going to see the videos that have been driving the most traffic to your YouTube channel. You're gonna see, you know, YouTube's gonna show you these are the videos that have performed the best for you over the last whatever it is that you select for your date range. So what you wanna do is you wanna look at those videos and you wanna think to yourself, okay, out of all these videos that have been bringing in the most people, even if it's not a ton of people, these are the people that have been interacting with the channel the most recently so because of that out of these videos is there any of them that are topically similar um, if so then in that particular case what could I make that would be a perfect next video for the people that are that are you know that have interacted recently with this content um, and then you start making that content so the idea is to just use that information like these are the people that have recently interacted with the channel um, at, you know the most people around these particular topics so therefore what would be a great next video video for them and then make those keep in mind this process can take time you know because depending on you know what you were doing before and all of that and how long it's been since you uploaded and all those things um, you know you could put out your very first video could just be a banger and it could get everything right back on track or you could have to go through you know just a little bit of a process in order to get everything you know back up to where it was you know previously um, but just go through the process you know how to do it you got some good momentum before and all that so you'll be fine but just go in and look at the videos that have been driving or basically the videos that have been keeping everything going in your absence <laughs> and then make things that would be um, topically complementary to those particular videos so that when they're presented on the home pages of those people that have been you know most recently interacting with your content that you are increasing the likelihood of them being interested in those videos topically next on our list here um, we've got we're on number 25 here on the questions we've got star reads yeah is the name of the channel um, the type of channel is a book review and discussion channel the goal of the channel is to spread the love of reading and the question is thinking about changing my videos to more skit based style people in my niche mostly do talking head video well doing this change hurt my channel especially since I used to do talking head videos and my subscribers are used to that format if you have an idea like this um, and th this is a pretty big deal if you have an idea like this to where you're thinking to yourself, everybody else is doing it this way, I wonder what would happen if I tried to do it another way. Try to do it that other way. 
um, just experiment with it. You don't have to commit to it, but just put out some videos and just try to get a feel for how people are going to respond to them. Because this thing that's happening right here with you and your channel, those are the type of things that will end up making a huge difference for the channel and can really make massive changes if the experiment works out positively. So because of that, when you have these types of ideas, as long as you know what you're doing is still in alignment for the audience you're trying to reach and all that or the audience that you're building your channel for, then in that particular case, um, definitely experiment with it and see how people respond. Because you might be that person in your space that's doing it so wildly different that people have no other choice than to take notice and enjoy the content. Um, in my space, um, Ed from Film Booth, I, mean, I know a lot of you already know about Ed, um, just based on the view counts that he's getting, but he's done that in our space where he came in, he started, you know, giving, uh, uh, you know, a, a very specialized type of content. He, you know, he does like mass production with, with what it is that he's doing. And because it's something that is so unique to, to the educational space, people are really enjoying that content. They're loving it. And every time he puts a video out, people are responding to them at a high rate because it's something that is so unique for the space, but he's doing it in a great way. Like he's really good at what it is that he does. And he's good at teaching people through that method, but it's so refreshing because you have, you know, me, and everybody else that you know makes this type of content where we sit here and we look at the camera and we talk to you and then he's taking people on this like whole other journey and it's almost like watching like a tv show of some kind based on how he does it so you know you could be that person in your niche that uses something like that as a way to stand out you know in your in your space when i was first getting started um same exact thing with me as i came in and i just approached this whole thing like i'm a creator helping creators and instead of it being like hey i'm this like coach person that you know that you know is, you know, teaching people about YouTube and all that. It's like, Hey, I'm a content creator. That's like also doing this thing. So I'm going to, you know, add some creativity to the way I'm putting my videos together, the way that my videos looked, you know, things like that. Um, and you know, that was one of the things that helped me stand out. And I was just freely giving information. So at that point in time, people were sharing, you know, information, but a lot of it was just kind of, you know, like vague and things like that. There was some also very tact, you know, um, tactical stuff. But there's also some, you know, a lot of information where you would leave a video and you'd be like, oh, I'm not really sure what to do now. <laughs> right? Like, like all that sounded great, but I'm not really sure what to do. Um, but, you know, when I came in, I was just like, hey, do this, do this, do this. Keep an eye out for this. Make sure you're adding this. You know, I was being very specific. And, you know, all of those things together, you know, helped me stand out because I came in and I was just doing it a different way. So, you know, through that experience, you know, there's a lot of, you know, different ways that you can, you know, get your um, voice out there, so to speak. So when you do have these ideas, pop up or you're thinking to yourself, Hey, you know, I'm doing this, uh, you know, everybody else is doing these talking head videos. I want to try something else. Yeah. Give it a shot and see how, uh, see how people respond to it. By the way, if you are enjoying the stream, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Next up, we've got Hobby Genix. Hobby Genix says they upload when they have time. They do entertainment, crafting, and hobbies content. The goal of the channel is to create a source of income and have fun. The question is, Nick, I see many channels using copyrighted clips. Example, Arnold saying, I'll be back. Are they playing with fire? Or is there a way to do this without getting in trouble? Also, how do you wind up in Thailand? That sounds like an interesting story. That is an interesting story. Um, I talk about that a lot in podcasts and stuff because I get uh, that question a lot. Basically, came over here on vacation, got out of a relationship, came over here um, on a vacation, my brother hooked me up. He's like, Hey, all expense paid trip. Come over, kind of clear your mind doing the brother thing. You know, super awesome. Changed my you know life <laughs> from that moment. But basically he's like, you know, come check this out, you know, and just kind of, you know, clear your head and just kind of help you, you know, get it together mentally and all that. I came over, I was like, wow, this is great. And, um, and basically through, you know, 
through that process. Um, he ended up mentoring me on like how to work online and all that stuff. And then one thing led to another. And, you know, now I'm here doing YouTube related stuff. Um, but basically through that initial process, then I ended up, you know, moving, you know, over to here once he, you know, showed me how to work online and do that whole thing. But in terms of people using clips and saying, like, I'll be back and adding these like little tiny, you know, squeezes in of some type of, you know, comedic element of some movie or something like that, um, they are playing with fire. So like one of the things that um, people think is that, you know, you can it, that people will think that something is fair use just because it's not the main part of your video. But that's not the case. Like if you are, you know, if somebody was talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger's clip or how he. Uh, you know, how he his speech patterns or, you know, famous moments of Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. And they were using those. Then that would be more likely to be fair use than if I was sitting here talking and then I said something and then I dropped a little clip of him saying, like, I'll be back for comedic value. And then I moved on with my content. That's where the lines get really blurred, because there in that particular case, they are using it in a way to kind of add to their video but it's not really something that is like really transformative for that piece of content or you know anything like that so um so because of that um yeah they, they're playing with fire when they are using it in those ways um, let's see here. You, tons of people do it though, and they get away with it. So just because it's um, you know playing with fire doesn't mean that you know people are getting uh, aren't getting away with it for now. Um, but you definitely want to um, you know just be cautious. You know, like like one thing that that people don't think about when they're doing that kind of stuff is that um, you might win now, but you know like all it takes is one like rule change or law change or something that YouTube tweaks in their copyright system that helps them identify those sorts of things easier. So then all of a sudden and it's like, bam, you just lose your whole catalog or you lose your whole channel or whatever because you just had to squeeze in that little, you know, that little thing, you know, that little, you know, clip of a movie um, where you had the option to not squeeze it in, right? So, um, so because of that, I would definitely um, try to avoid that stuff if you can. But I know in some cases, um, you know, some, sometimes people, you know, just want to do that kind of stuff. So, but just be warned. But next up, we've got One Step. Um, one Step uploads every other day. The type of channel is fighting games. The goal of the channel is to turn my skills into a passion and profitable and fun career. Question is, my dude, hope you're having a beautiful day. I am. I've had a great day today. Thank you. Um, they say, hey, let's uh, let's say it's Monday and I want to upload a video. OK, we're imagining here. So, OK, hop on this journey with us. They say, OK, let's say it's Monday and I want to upload a video to go up on Friday. Is it better to put that video up as unlisted and change it to public manually on Friday? Or is it better to schedule it on Friday? What's better and why? So what you want to do um, in that particular case is if you're going to be busy, right? Um, if you're going to be busy, then in that case, just schedule it like it's not going to be the end of the world. However, if you're like, okay, I'm just going to be sitting around anyway, or I'm going to have my phone with me where I can make it public in my YouTube studio um, or something like that, then in that case, go in and make it public when it's not on the exact dot. So what I mean is like when it's not at like, let's say that you wouldn't have it scheduled normally for like 10 um, in the morning, then in that case, instead of just having it go live at 10 in the morning, when there's a gazillion other videos going live at 10 in the morning, then you can go in and you can say, okay, um, um, since I am going to be around, or I'm going to have my phone with me or whatever. I'm just going to set an alarm on my phone and then I'm going to go and I'm going to make this live at like 9.55 if it's a five minute video. So then that way it gives me time to go ahead and get this video out before a lot of other you know, before a lot of those other notifications go out. Next on our list here. Um, 
we've got Nicole. Nicole does daily content. Um, they use a PC to make it. It's gaming videos. Tom Nash, what's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. Um, says, what what mic is this? So this is um, I'm just kind of testing it for this stream. So at Vid Summit, that was actually the last Vid Summit that I went to before you know everything that's going on in the world right now happened. Um, but basically, somebody gave this to me at um, at at Vid Summit, um, and it's been in a box. So I've used it, you know, like a couple of times, like in my old place. But um, but once I moved into here, it's just been in a box, and I was looking for some other stuff, and I just happened to run across it, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I forgot that I even had this, so I, I broke it out, and um, uh, my brother, we were on a Zoom call yesterday, and um, during that Zoom call, or when we met up today, he's like, man, that mic sounded really good, so I was like, okay, yeah, let's just try to use it um, in the stream today, and just kind of see how it, you know, see how it sounds on the replay and all that, but it's a Rode Broadcaster is the, um, is the microphone. Uh, next up, I kind of like how it looks too. Um, I, I need to lower it a little bit. So if I end up using this, um, like this stand is a little bit higher. Like I would like to use the other stand right here, um, which would bring the microphone down to about here. Um, and then it wouldn't be so like, you know, competing with my face, so to speak. Um, but for right now, for the test, you know, it's fine. Um, I just wanted to see, you know, how it sounds for the, uh, for the stream today. But next up, we've got High Hopes Barbie. High Hopes Barbie says that they do entertainment and Barbie collections. The goal is to share the collection with the collection community. And the question is, why do my shorts videos lose views? Meaning, how can people unwatch videos? My views climb and climb and climb. Then I have a thousand views one minute, but it can drop to 900 to next. Plus, views stop immediately after an hour. So YouTube verifies views. So there's a lot of bots running around YouTube, things like that. Plus, other things happen like um, in shorts, not as big of a deal but like regular content um, where people will open up like multiple browsers and it'll be playing, you know, in the background, things like that. But they verify all the views. So if they find the views aren't like legit views, then they'll then they'll take them away. Super chat. Thank you for the super chat, Dan. Says um, Dan Criamundos says, um, what are your thoughts on the near future of mixed content in the same channel, like shorts and long form? Now YouTube is forcing on integrating shorts better or focusing on integrating shorts better. Would you say that it will improve in 2022 and 2023? Yes. Um, here's, here's, here's the thing that, that um, as content creators that we have to remember is that YouTube does not win if they break their system, right? If they break how everything works, then long-term they don't win. That's why when they first put this feature out, everybody's like, whoa, not gonna intermingle the, you know, this with my main content because they were intermingling all the stats and everything, which made it really confusing to even look at your data. And you had to start isolating your long-form content against short-form content, all this stuff, and it was a huge pain. So initially everybody's like, no, 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 don't do it. Um, and then now as they started separating things, they're also making the bridge between long-form content or short-form content and long-form content. Content. So like they're putting everything in place right now to where um, to where we're going to be able to use pretty much everything. And as people are responding to everything, then it's going to help us grow our YouTube channels. So shorts are a part of that. Um, another thing that in the past was a problem was that if somebody interacted with your YouTube shorts, then if you published a video, even if they loved your shorts, if you published a video, they didn't necessarily see it on the homepage because the system wasn't making that connection um, between like, hey, this short is from this channel, so let's recommend content from this channel. Now that's changed. So since that's changed now, now if somebody really enjoys your shorts, um, then in that case, they're also likely to get recommended your long form content as well. So huge win there for content creators. But I think that as we keep rolling through time here, I think that you know this whole entire thing with what it is that they're doing in shorts, especially building the bridge to longer form 
platform content, um, I think it's going to be a huge win all the way across the board because one, that's going to make it really easy for us to make short form content, which will be, you know, one of those things that we're just going to have to add to the list, right? But it's going to be to where we're going to be able to make short form content that's not going to make a ton of time, that's going to help content creators not get burned out, which is going to be a win, unless they're being really aggressive about it. But then we're also going to be able to put out, you know, long form videos on your channel and build, you know, your archive of content around that as well. So, um, so I think that long term, this is going to work out really great for um, for everybody, especially now that they've made that connection on the back end or somebody enjoys a short, then they can show them the long form content and vice versa. So, um, so because of that, I think going into 2022 or sorry, from now forward, um, I think that it's going to definitely um, end up being a win long term. Um, the bearded dad says, what is your Super number one tip for someone attending vid summit for the first time? I'm a small channel that is starting to catch momentum. Um, so, so I'm going to give you some tips and they're going to sound a little bit weird, but just kind of hear me out. So the first tip is make sure that when you're um, walking around and everything that you do carry, um, like a small water bottle with you, if you can, um, the reason for that is you are going to be engaged like, you know, a lot of the time. So because of that, you do not want to, um, I mean, you might, but you know, like, let's say that you're standing in a circle of content creators right? Because this is how it goes down at Bid Summit. Let's say you're standing in a circle and let's say I'm in that circle and let's say um, let's say um, Brian G is in that circle and Roberto's in that circle and let's say that um, Jimmy um, or Mr. Beast is in that circle or Daryl Eves or somebody let's say somebody else is in that circle and we're all just talking you know YouTube stuff and we're just kind of brain dumping on each other and talking about stuff that you know that we've seen or found or whatever and you know just talking about you know all YouTube related things you're not going to want to leave that conversation to go grab a bottle of water so because of that you want to make sure that you do just have you know like your water you know your water uh you know your water handy so that you can you know not sit there and be thinking about oh my gosh i'm parching need to get some water because you're gonna be talking a lot um, but you want to think about like hey i want to have this so that while i'm engaged in this conversation i'm not gonna have to leave to go do anything um in addition to that you also want to doug said good shoes yeah absolutely you're going to be standing a lot but you're also going to be sitting a lot as well you know when you're interacting with the presentations or when you're going to the presentations but comfy shoes is definitely you know an important part um you also want to make sure that you do have some type of notepad that you have with you or a tablet or something like that because you are going to get so much valuable information that can like change the game for you that you do not want to forget some of the stuff that you learn so as you get like tidbits you're like oh my gosh this is really good pull out your phone take a note in your phone whatever um, but just make sure that you have the ability to take notes um, ready so that you can just keep track of all the information that you are going to be getting um, in addition to that when the when the conference is over for the day it's just over for the conference but like everything keeps on going so throughout the conference just try to figure out like hey you know what are you guys doing after the after the you know conference today is there anything going on anybody meeting up anywhere and you'll be you know invited into you know, like groups where maybe you're going to dinner um, or you know something like that or maybe there's like an after um, an after like party meetup thing at you know at, at a house somewhere or something like that so then it just kind of keeps you in the loop of you know those types of things as well but um, but in addition to that just come and be prepared to learn because um, because it's 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 great. You're gonna learn a ton there. I learn a ton every every time that I go. Like I know a lot about this stuff, and I still learn a ton when I when I go to Vid Summit. And, and it's weird, like sometimes before the conference even starts, like, you know, you're talking to somebody and you're, you know, you're like, you're, you're just having a conversation with another creator and, um, and, and you start talking about, you know, everything. And then they end up dropping some just great knowledge, you know, nugget on you. And you're like, oh my gosh, like it hasn't even started yet. And I'm like, you know, like I've already got the value out of this thing. So, um, it's, it, it's pretty crazy. So, so definitely make sure that you are, um, that you are prepared for that. 
Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got um, this is the channel is Max the Rocket Guy. They do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to make people happy. And the question is, I recently watched a video about some um, about using the same type of content, and same tags and stuff to get the viewer to watch many of my vids. What should I want to do different stuff? Um, OK, so like using tags isn't the thing that you do to get people to watch more videos. To get people to watch more videos, you make good content that they enjoy so that they want to watch more videos. You can't trick somebody into watching more of your content by putting by using like a special word in your tags or anything like that. Your tags, your description, all of that, your title, um, like like you're giving context to YouTube about what your video is about there. But you know, like people don't even see your tags like unless you use TubeBuddy or unless you use you know one of the other tools that show your tags like people don't even people don't even see your tags like it's not even a you know like that's not even something to even consider um, so the way that you get people watching more than one video is to think in advance when you're making your content because you're on gaming videos right so what you want to think about is okay if you kind of zoom out of the content that you're publishing and you look at your channel over the next, you know, 30 days or 90 days, depending on the approach that you're taking, what you want to do is you want to start with like video A and you want to say, OK, so I'm making, uh, you know, gaming content here around you know these particular games. So the first video this month I'm going to publish is going to be this particular video because and then fill in whatever reason it is for that particular video. Then from there you say, OK, so then after that, the people that watch this video, what can I make for them? That would be that would, you know, just be a really great video for them to watch after they watch that one. And then you would make sure that you, you know, make that video. And then as you, you know, keep planning all this stuff out, then once you have all those figured out, you start thinking, OK, how can I interlink some of this stuff to start sending people, you know, back and forth between videos? So let's say you have a video that you make like, you know, two weeks into next month and you're like, hey, OK, for this video here, um, I'm going to hand off. If you watch my other video, you know what that means. Um, the, my latest video. But I'm going to hand off to uh, the, the the first video that I made this month because it would complement the experience that they're having with this particular video or topically what it is that they're interested in with this particular video. So I'm going to send them back to that first video. But that first video, once that second video is published, I'm going to be linking to that one or I'm linking that one to another video that I made previously on the channel as well. But you want to start thinking like, OK, how am I going to interlink my content in a way that will make a good experience for the viewer so that they, based on their interests and what they care about, are more likely to end up watching more videos back to back. That's the way that you want to look at it. You don't want to look at it from the perspective of like, what tags do I need to use? You want to look at it from the perspective of how can I make my videos so good for the people that I'm trying to reach that they'll get tons of value out of them or they'll be so entertained or they'll be so happy since that's your that's your goal here. Um, they'll be so happy with this content that they'll want to watch more. They'll want to watch more so much that they'll actually go and click on my channel name and hit my channel page and look for more content or they'll click on my videos that are in the suggested videos or whatever the thing is. But that's how you get people to watch more videos is by thinking about their experience, what it is that they're interested in and thinking about, OK, with this content, 
content that I'm making that I really love making, all I have to do is think about the viewer experience and how I can send people from video to video on my channel. And by doing that, that's how you get people to watch you know more than one video. But it all comes down to you making content that adds value through you know whatever because everybody you know experiences value in different ways. But you know that can be you know you're entertaining people, you're teaching people stuff, you're motivating people, you're making people you know you're uplifting them from the videos. You know when you're when they watch it, if somebody starts watching your video in the dumps, by the time they're mentally if they're in the dumps, by the time your video is done, they're feeling a little bit better about themselves. You know that type of thing is also value. So um, so you just want to make sure you're thinking about that. Charlie Morris TV, in order to add links to your description, all you have to do is grab the link itself and then paste it down into your video description. If you're if you're putting like the, you know, the word.com, then if you don't have the HTTP colon slash slash in front of it, it's not going to be a clickable link. But if you put the HTTP or HTTPS colon slash slash, then it will become a clickable link. Next up on our list here. Hey, we're almost out of questions, so you might want to get uh, you might want to get down there and get some questions. So we got um, let's see here, Chan uh, Chan Samize Kitchen. They do biweekly content. It's cooking and baking tutorial. The goal of the channel is to share my cooking passion with my community around the world and get monetized to earn a side income. Question. Hey, Nick, my channel's cooking and baking tutorials. It's not set for kids. When I'm done cooking food and I have my kids eat in front of the camera, will this cause any issue or affect YouTube rules? My videos will not get monetized. I have kids in my video. Thanks for your input. Okay. The idea of setting your videos, if it's made for kids or not, is about if you're targeting kids with your content. So as an example, since you're doing cooking, if you're making, um, if you're cooking stuff and you're doing it in a way that, you know, kids would want to watch it, let's say you're doing all the like super colorful stuff, you got all the little jingly, you know, kids music and all that stuff, you're talking to them in that kid kind of way. Like if you're targeting kids, <clears throat> that's where you want to make sure that you put that. But if you're not targeting them, then, then you're okay. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Um, next up on the list here. Well, just from this list, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like if I run out, if I hit that mark and I'm just a few away, if I hit the mark, then I'll, I'll just, I'll just, you know, maybe I'll just cut the stream. Just be like, all right, all the questions answered. See ya. Right. But maybe not. Maybe, we'll, maybe that will be where we'll jump into lightning round and we'll just crush through lightning round until the stream's over. But, um, let's see here. So next up we've got, um, crazy kid 949 says that they do original stand up comedy routines. That's awesome. The goal of the channel is doing my stand-up routines and helping make people laugh, um, bringing, the, bringing up the mood of the world. I love that. We need more of that right now. The question is, is it okay to pin someone else's content in your description box if it contains information that your video is about? Absolutely. So when you are, um, when you're putting links down in your description, it's okay to link to other videos on YouTube. It's okay to link to sources. So for example, like when I do my news segments every Friday um, with those, that was a little plug, by the way, shameless plug for that. But when I do those, one of the things that um, one of the things that I make sure to do um, is that I put sources um, where I'm getting the information from down in the description because I don't want yeah you know in those cases I don't want you to just be like oh okay you know Nick's saying this so that's the thing um, I, I put the source links down there so that you can see exactly where I'm getting the news so you can also explore further because the idea with that segment is to you know spread awareness about the things that are impacting you as a content creator and then from there if you care about each specific thing or whichever thing that you care about then you can click on 
that link and you can go explore more information so you can more deeply understand you know that whatever it was that I let you know about in the news segment. Science Based Fitness, super thank you for the super science. chat. It says, hey Nick, I know you guys have your music channel or site. Where do I go and how do I download that? Thanks. So um, you want to go to Creator Mix um, is the name of the site. Um, I just put a, a, a thing up here. So if you go to creatormix.com, um, that's where you can find the music. But we also have a YouTube channel for it. You can find us on Spotify. If you go to creatormix.com slash stream, that'll send you to like a link tree of sorts. And in that link tree, you'll see where you can download the music. You'll see all the different places you can stream the music and all of that. Um, and we also have the YouTube channel for it um, as well. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list here, we've got Studio Sec. Studio Sec says they do cybersecurity and educational content. Goal of the channel is to increase cyber literacy on YouTube. And the question is, I've got a lot of content ranging from cybersecurity content to walkthroughs, podcast episodes, and a certification study guide. Should I unlist slash make members exclusive the walkthroughs and study guide? Is they don't really represent what my audience subscribes for. So really quick, if you make those as member exclusive, if they're not subscribing for that, then why would somebody join as a member for those? Just a quick thought there. Um, but anyway, you say that they don't represent what your audience subscribes for or enjoys watching. I don't really want YouTube recommending videos that don't represent the direction the channel is moving into the future. That's the most important part. So if you um, notice, if you're like, hey, you know, all this content, people typically don't respond to this. I've got it on the channel, but they don't really care, right? Like they don't really, you know, enjoy this stuff Then I'm either going to make it available for members just like bonus stuff. Hey, you may or may not care about this, but you know, this is for members only. Um, then you can make that for them and then it won't be recommended. So then the stuff that's growing your channel will all be the content that is, you know, there for, uh, you know, for, for, you know, that resource. And then the stuff that isn't growing the channel, that would be, you know, specifically for the members. You could absolutely do that. Keep in mind, when you make that decision and you do, you know, unlist those videos or you make them for members only, the watch time on there, um, you're going to lose the public view counts and watch time. So if you are like just getting into you getting your channel monetized or something like that, um, then I would wait until that is over until you make that change. You can go ahead and get the partner program and all that. And then that'll give you like a year of burn time to make up for anything that you delete, um, you know, in terms of the view uh, or uh, in terms of the watch time on, on that content. So next up here on our list, we got one hour game reviews. Um, they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to find the greatest game of all time. And the question is, when streaming on YouTube, should I make my live chat for subscribers only or try to gain some more subscribers from my viewers? Um, you can do either or. So like if you are going to have a stream where you're like, hey, man, this is just for the people that are subscribed to my channel and only they can interact. You can do that. It's fine. Um, this is where understanding why you're putting out certain pieces of content is important. So if you're like, hey, I'm doing this stream here um, because I just want to you know use it to grow my channel i want to interact with a bunch of new people that kind of stuff then that's where you would you know make it to where it's public to everybody like this stream is here um if you're like hey i want to you know just kind of lock this down and only interact with people that are you know subscribed to the channel um and use it as a way to encourage people to subscribe to the channel as they're coming into the stream um then you can you know you can do that as well 
Next up on the list, um, we've got Mike W Productions. They do movie and watch and review content. The goal is to make YouTube my job. And the question is, when I upload a video and I get a claim, it shows me that the section needs to be cut out or shortened. But when I go to cut it, it shows me the full video to cut out. So I see the video spot number and I shorten that section, reload to see what gets claimed next. Is there a fix for this? Yeah, that's part of the system. It's part of how it works right now. So as you're going in and you're you know cutting those things out, if you have like multiple songs and they're all getting dinged, um, then you're going to deal with that. So the thing that I recommend to avoid this problem is just use music that you have the rights to use instead of using popular music. You can use popular music through you know certain services. There are services that provide that, like Licked, for example. Um, but even with those, how it typically works is you'll still get a claim, but then it ends up getting um, released. So um, so you can use popular music through one of those services, um, or you can just use our service or you know another service that you know provides music and a license for you to use it then you won't have to worry about it. Um, next up, we've got Arbok Lover 1618 says that they do a vacuum channel. The goal of the channel is to do vacuum videos for entertainment purposes. The question is, I've been mentioning that once I cross a thousand line, I'll be rewarding my viewers. Is that a good or bad idea? So if you are okay so one thing i'm not sure the details of what it is that you're doing but based on the information that you've given me here just some things that i want you to know about so youtube does not want you to incentivize viewers to subscribe to your channel it's okay to ask them to subscribe um, it's okay to tell them you have additional videos coming up so you want to make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that those types of things however if you're like hey i'm going to be giving away this thing once i hit a thousand subscribers you have to be a subscriber in order to in this thing, blah, 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 then in that case, what you're essentially doing is bribing the viewer through that thing that you're giving away. So YouTube does not like that. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So since YouTube doesn't like that, um, you have to not do those sorts of things um, because you know you can have some issues um, if you do you know those sorts of things so what you want to do is instead of taking that approach like i'm going to be rewarding my viewers um, a couple things i want you to think about is one is once you hit that 1000 subscriber line you're going to see that you're going to have some people that come back to your channel and you're going to have some people that won't come back anymore so therefore when you are rewarding people for things you just want to make sure that like hey i, I want to make sure that i'm I, that i am giving this to you know the right people like i would just avoid that whole thing in the first place if you can but if you are going to do it i believe that a better approach is hey i just crossed a thousand subscribers without you even mentioning anything up to that hey i just crossed a thousand subscribers on my youtube channel super pumped for this so because of this i'm going to you know give away this thing and i'm just going to randomly pick somebody you know out of the comment section or something like that um then in that case it's still kind of on that line because you're saying that you're going to pick somebody in the comment section which is then incentivizing people to comment to the channel or comment on the channel but you also want to make sure that you don't say like hey you want to you know you have to be a subscriber and that kind of thing because then that still puts you right back in hot water so because of that um, I just recommend that you just cross 1000 and then do the thing that you're going to do and just make it available freely for everybody even if they're not subscribed to your channel and I know that sounds ridiculous but in order to be able to be 100% compliant with YouTube um, that would be the best approach to take 
Um, let's see here. Next up on the list, we've got Game Life 44. Um, they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to build a successful, entertaining game channel. And the question is, started my channel on one game and it's finally gaining some attention. When and how do I safely pivot to another game without sacrificing my current subscriber base? So one thing that you can do is once you hit the 500 subscriber mark, you're going to get a community tab shortly after crossing that milestone. Once you do, start asking your um, start asking your current audience, or at least the people that you know YouTube is showing those community posts to, start asking them what games they want you to play in addition to the game that you're currently playing. Put together a spreadsheet, start tracking all the different requests that you get. Um, same exact thing goes in your video content. You can also say, hey, by the way, you know if you're enjoying this game right here, you know I also want to play some other games with you. So let me know any other games that you would like me to play. And then start compiling that list, and you're going to, over time, over a fairly short amount of time, you're going to start seeing the other games that your community is playing most compared to other games, and you want to lean into those as long as they're games that you also want to play. Um, so that would be the approach that you'd want to take for there. <clears throat> Next up on our list, we've got uh, Moto Vlog. The channel here is Roland Moto Vlog, and they are doing it for fun. And the question is, hey, Nick, is there a popular time in the year for specific niches? Um, if so, is it best to realize your best videos during the busy times or send them live any time of the year? Well, if people are interested in things, they're going to be interested in things, you know, at any time. However, there is seasonality on YouTube, um, and, and it's more intense in certain types of content. So, for example, if you're teaching people about how to make, if you're teaching people how to make, um, um, if you teach people how to make, uh, uh, like baseball, like if you're coaching people on baseball, then of course you might see a drop in your traffic, you know, when it's like the winter time, because then all the people interested in baseball, a lot of them might be dealing with winter or just went off season. So because of that, you know, you can put up maintenance content. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't like necessarily be like, Oh, you know, the show's over when it's, uh, you know, not baseball season. You still want to, you know, upload because people still will be interested, but, um, you might notice a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a drop. So really quick, Pat's tune, um, says, Hey, Mr. Beeson, Incentivizes, uh, incentivizes subscribers or is his style um, different from what you were talking about? So technically, when he says that I'm going to give, you know, X amount of dollars to my, you know, 100 million subscriber, like whatever the thing is, um, in his case, he's growing so fast that he doesn't like him saying I'm going to give this thing away to my subscribers is a totally different thing than if you or I say it based on, you know, where we're at with our channels. So it's 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 it, it's a it's a different approach. So yes, he is saying that, you know, you're the subscriber and, and you will, you know, if, if you're the, this number of subscriber, you'll get the thing or whatever. So technically he is riding that line, but he's, you know, he's a, like, how can I say this in a, in a, in a good way? So when it comes to him, he's bringing so many people to YouTube, keeping so many people engaged in YouTube and, and all of that stuff that he is going to, and just calling it what it is, he's gonna be able to get away with a lot more stuff than a lot of other content creators are. So another example of this is, you know, like I'm sure you've seen um, as well here, um, Pat, I think was your name. So another thing that I'm sure you've seen is I'm sure you've seen tons of people talking about like, you know, having copyright problems and not being able to get them fixed and claims that are hitting their channels that aren't legitimate and things like that. And they're just kind of left out to dry. Um, and because they can't get the support that they need. However, when like lo-fi girl has that problem, they put out a tweet about it and then it's handled within the day or within 24 hours or whatever the thing is. And they get a tweet from, you know, one of the, you know, team members of, of like from the team YouTube Twitter account being like, oh, hey, we got you taken care of. 
and we even deleted that person's you know account because they were putting out fraudulent claims or whatever so you know i mean just to be transparent about it and just call it what it is you know like if you're bringing tons of value to the platform in terms of you know like you're a major traffic source and people come to youtube for your content in mass um then you know you're gonna you're you're gonna be able to ride those lines and they're not going to be as gray as if you know smaller content creators that are just getting started and don't have that support and aren't adding as much to value to the platform um those bigger channels are going to get away with a little bit more but they you know they still have the rules that they have to you know go by but they do you know they do bend um you know a little bit definitely borderline but yeah he gets the benefit that's probably a better way to say it doug doug says it's borderline so he gets the benefit of the doubt yeah that, that's probably the best way to do it so uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, um, we're on number 39 right now. This is from Gaming Comedy. The goal of the channel is to get monetized. And the question is, my channel is uh, Winbanks and I have 1400 subs. And my question is, how do I get people to watch and sub and blow up, make excellent content? And I know that's not the answer that you want to hear, but that's the that's how you do it. You have to make excellent content. You have to learn how to get people to click on that content. That's the whole game. Like, like all of this stuff comes down to your ability to come up with video topics that you know people will be in interested in and then make the content for those topics and package those topics up in a way you actually want to package them up first but package the content in a way that people are, are going to be likely to respond to it and the more you can get people to click and then enjoy your content and further engage in that content the better you're going to do on the platform that's the whole game like if you take all the nuance out of everything like that's the game but of course within that there's tons of details right like like for example some in some cases you know like i had somebody in my comment section today i'm going to rant for a second and somebody in my comment section today um, that I was I was reading through it and they're like, hey, you know, I'm doing all this stuff and I get these a lot. I'm doing all the stuff that you talk about. And, you know, my, my it's not moving the needle from my channel was the was the language that they used. And I was like, OK, this is what they said. So let me go look at the channel real quick. And I went and looked at the channel and the thumbnails were bad. The titles were bad. When you go into the actual content itself, it wasn't edited well. Um, the lighting was horrible. Um, the audio was OK, but the lighting and everything was horrible. Um, I wouldn't say horrible, but it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't like at a remotely competitive level. Um, so it's like, okay, like I'm doing all the things, but I'm not really doing all the things. Like I think I'm doing all the things based on the knowledge that I currently have. But in reality, when you go and you look at their channel, you know, with experienced eyes, you can see like, oh, you're not even, you know, remotely close to doing the things that, you know, that, that you should be doing. So because of that, um, you know, when you are like, you know, hey, how to get people to watch and, you know, my, my, my content and how do I blow up? Like, it, it really comes down to like, you got to learn how to, you got to learn how to do the thing. And that's going to come down to, that's going to come down to developing the skills needed to, present the content um, and you know with with the content that you're making you got to be able to present it um, and you also have to be able to make it interesting from the outside as well and you got to get people through the whole video you got to get people clicking on your end screen you got to get people coming back to your you know videos and your channel all that stuff like the more you can do those things the better that you're going to do but there's tons of nuance within it so what you need to do and you say how long is that going to take um, depending on you it could take you know a year it could take five years or 10 years, or you could do it over the next three or six months, depending on you and depending on like how, depending on what blow up means to you. So, you know, in some cases, if somebody hits 10,000 subscribers by their definition, they've blown up for some people, they're not happy until they get, you know, a hundred thousand or a million subscribers on their YouTube channel. So it really comes down to your perspective on that too. But 
in a nutshell, the idea is, <laughs> Doug said last week, last week's rant was better. The idea, yeah, I tried to keep this in short, but the idea is that you want to make sure that you are, you know, constantly learning how to make better videos, that you're not just making content and putting it out there and just hoping that people will respond to it, but that you're going into your YouTube analytics and you're looking and you're seeing like, okay, how are people responding to this and what within my video can I do better? Like based on my YouTube analytics and my audience retention reports. Um, and again, if you don't know all these words that I'm talking about, I just recently put out a video um, explaining the details of all of these words that I'm saying. But what you want to do is you want to go into your audience retention reports and you're going to see exactly how people are responding to your content. And from that moment, it's going to come down to what you are willing to do. So what that means is if you go in and you're like, OK, I notice that people are dropping off at the very beginning of my videos, but I'm just going to keep doing it the way that I do it because that's how I want to do it then you're always going to have people just leaving your videos in mass when your videos first start and everything's just going to continue to be slow for you because you're not going to be able to keep people engaged because you're just going to be married to that idea of starting your videos the way that you're starting them with maybe your intro or whatever, you know, things that you say at the beginning. But on the flip side of this, if you're like, okay, I'm looking at my audience retention reports. This is how people are responding. I notice I'm getting this huge drop off in the beginning. What does that mean? That means that when people are starting my videos, they're leaving quickly during these parts. What am I doing during these parts? Okay, let me start experimenting with these new videos that I'm uploading with a bunch of different things and see if I can find something that I can do when I first start my videos to grab people's attention when my videos first start. So because I'm looking and I'm paying attention, I'm trying to improve, I'm going to experiment at this beginning a lot until I can get people through that first 30 seconds and have a high amount of people watching after that initial 30 seconds. And then once I get that, then as I see people dropping off later in the videos, I'm going to start fine tuning that stuff. And as you go, and again, this is all going to come down to what it is that you're willing to do. So the people that are willing to do everything they possibly can, those are the people that rise to the very top of YouTube. Those are the people that are completely obsessed about it. They live, breathe, and do everything about, about their YouTube channels. Those are the people that you see at the very, very top. And then there's the people that are like, you know what, I'm going to do enough, right, to do the thing and all that stuff. And those are people that will have, you know, big channels and all that to where they get it to that point. And they're like, OK, this is where I'm at. And I'm going to, you know, push it and all that. But like, I'm not going to, you know, go fly to some other place and, you know, rent a helicopter and do all this stuff for my vlog that some of these other people are doing because that's just not, you know, something I'm willing to do. Right. So then you start having these limitations that you work or, or that you have to work within based on what it is that you're willing to do. So in terms of how long things are going to take, it's all going to come down to you and what it is that you're willing to do in, in terms of your own self-development and your own understanding of how all this works and how your audience is responding to your content and the skills that you need to develop in order to get them to respond better. Like the more of that stuff that you're willing to do, the faster everything else is going to work out for you. And in addition to that, you also have your upload schedule. So if you're uploading like one video a week, then in that particular case, the, um, the, the speed that you can learn and then apply what you learn to new content is going to be much slower than if you're uploading two times per week or three times per week. So therefore, your skill development and your understanding of your audience and how they're responding to your content and all your experiments and all that stuff will all happen much faster if you can upload more content because that'll help you get more data on how people are responding to what it is that you're doing. So like all of those things are a factor um, when it comes to the amount of uh, the amount of time. Hopefully that was helpful. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got... <clears throat> 
I've got like a frog in my throat. The Bearded IT Dad says that they do educational content. The goal is to help people grow their career in the IT field. Question, I've been slowly growing on YouTube and I'm about to um, get enough watch time to apply for monetization. Nice work on that. High five and fist bump. Says, um, but I can help uh, oh, but I can help but feel I'm missing something to be able to reach more people. Not looking for a channel review, but what are some common things you see people miss or forget when starting out? Great question. Okay, <clears throat> so things that we run into commonly are um, people are making people leave their videos faster than they should um, at the end. So what that means is like as the video is coming to the end, they're using finalizing language, they're giving the <clears throat> they're giving the indicator or essentially they're creating walls between people being able to click on another video and watch something else um, or just abandon the video and go click on something in the suggested videos by saying like, you know, oh, hey, and that's why I think this or that concludes our trip too, or to recap all the things that we talked about in this video, those types of things that tells the viewer, hey, these are, you know, people, people will leave, you know, during the, uh, the, the video that I came in for is over. So I'm, I'm out of here. Um, so that's it. That's a pretty big one. Um, in addition to that, um, titles are really bad. Like, um, um, like a lot of titles on YouTube, especially for new content creators, they will try to emulate big channels that already have a built-in audience that already know their faces, things like that. So like when they put their face in the thumbnail, people are going to respond to it just because it's that creator. So a content creator can get away with a title. It's like um, the example I like to give for this is like my trip to the mall, right? If Casey Neistat, he's the example I like to use here, Peter McKinnon or somebody says, hey, my trip to the mall, and it's got them in the thumbnail. The people that love their content are gonna be like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. If Peter McKinnon's taking a trip to the mall, you know, it's gonna be a killer experience. It's gonna be an, a well shot video. You know, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be awesome. So I'm clicking on it. Whereas, <clears throat> If I started a, a, a cinematic vlog style channel and I made a, a, a video about my trip to the mall, nobody's going to care. I mean, let's, you know, like, let's say that I didn't have this channel. Nobody, nobody would care or click on that. Or maybe the audience that is seeing that content doesn't know about this channel or they've never seen me before and therefore they wouldn't care. <laughs> right. So, um, so because of that, then my trip to the mall, nobody's going to care about my trip to the mall unless they are already familiar with my content, right? So those types of things with the titles are, are a huge um, issue with uh, with new content creators. Um, in addition to that, a lot of people don't think about the experience that their viewers have because a lot of people come onto YouTube for a lot of different reasons. And for a lot of those reasons, people will want to get famous or they'll want to make money or something like that. So they're thinking more about themselves, right? They're like, okay, what do I have to do to get people to respond to what I'm doing so that I can, you know, win. But the thing that will help you win the most is understanding one, what it is that your viewers want from you. But two is to make sure that you're thinking about the experience that viewers are having from the moment they interact with your thumbnail and title until they complete like a video or two. So what that looks like is when you're putting your thumbnail and your title together, right? Typically people will make a video first and then they'll try to cram in a thumbnail and title based on the video that they've already made. They've already put their hook in the video, already done this stuff, and then they'll try to cram in through their thumbnail and their title try to make it work. However, if you swap those around and you start thinking about, okay, this is the topic of my video. How would I express this video that I'm going to be making through a title? How could I make that title compelling? How could I make sure 
that the most important parts of this title that would resonate the most with the audience that I'm trying to reach, how can I make sure that that stuff is at the beginning of this? And also, how can I make a thumbnail for this particular video that would also help those people identify that this is something that they care about um, or create some type of curiosity gap or create just that moment when they see it on a homepage to where they're thinking to themselves like, oh, this looks interesting. Let me click on that. Right. Um, but the idea is to think about all that stuff first so that you can make sure that the concept that you have for the for the video is something that you can package up in a way that's compelling, like from jump. Right. So first you want to do that um, instead of doing it in reverse. And then once you do that, that also gives you another huge advantage because then you know what your thumbnail is going to be or what you plan to put in your thumbnail so you can ensure that you get the photos that you need when you're creating your video so that you can put your thumbnail together in the way that you need to. You know what how you're packaging up the video in terms of the title as well so you can make sure that you say the right things or show the right things or set up your video in the right way when they first start experiencing it to best match how it is that you're packaging it up from the outside in terms of the topic title and thumbnail. So then that way you create a more fluid experience for people based on what it is that they are expecting when they click on your video in the first place. So you're helping them identify it. And then once they identify it's something that they care about and they click on it, you're able to deliver exactly what it is that they expect because you've put that thought into it, right? So because of that, you want to make sure that you are thinking about things in that way in terms of how people are going through your content. And then when it gets to the end of your video, you don't want to start ending your video like I was talking about before and make people leave. Instead, you want to just think about that viewer experience and you want to think about, okay, if somebody made it this far in the video, they really liked this content, right? It's not about like, hey, I made a banger video. I mean, you can celebrate that later, but it's like, if some, like when you're putting it all together, if somebody made it to this far in the video, that means that they really enjoyed this. So if they really enjoyed this video, what would be the next video? What's another video that I have on my YouTube channel that would be the next logical step for this person? If they really enjoyed this video on me showing them how to, um, uh, let's see this last channel here, Bearded IT Dad, okay. So let's say that they just watched this video on, um, you know, like how to set up their own server, you know, at home, or like, you know, these tips that you have for setting up a, a server, blending the server into your furniture or whatever. So then if they make it to the end of that video, they're engaged, like they're on board, right? They enjoyed that content. So then you want to think about, okay, without them thinking, oh, this video is coming to an end, how can I start to sell that next click? How can I build up this next video that I'm going to recommend? So, so far where we're at with this is we started at that, you know, YouTube just showed your content to them on a homepage or, you know, suggested video. What about that is going to get them to click come into the video? You've matched that expectation, you know, through the beginning of your video. You've gotten them to the, you know, to the end of your video now. So now you start building up. Okay, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, so you just watch this video on, you know, on on setting up your your first server. Um, so since you, you know, set the, or since you watch this video on setting up your your first, uh, you know, home server, then uh, you know there are some things that you can do to tweak your server to make everything, uh, you know, move a little bit faster, um, you know, within your server so that you can deliver, you know, everything faster, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, in fact, I actually made a video that's going to help you optimize your server. Um, you know, you can click into that right here. Um, right now, it's going to just take you through the steps of, you know, getting all that stuff taken care of so that you can make sure that you're really, you know, optimizing the speed of your server. Then in that case, what you just did is it's, you took them through that whole experience. And at the end, it's like, okay, you watch this because of this. So then what would be that next logical value that they would get that they would be likely to respond to based on other content? 
content that you have on your channel, right? And you just start thinking of things in that way. And when you start thinking of things in that way, it really opened you up to kind of like a bigger picture about what's happening with your channel, about the viewer experience, about the content that you're putting out and all that, because you're thinking of that entire chain of events, so to speak, on how people are coming through your content. And you start setting things up in a way that makes it easy for people to, you know, find more of your content once they do come in and enjoy it. So that also comes down to making sure that you're pinning comments and things like that, just adding links in your description to other videos that they would care about and all that to just, you know, fine tune things to help people more easily find the content that they care about in your channel. So, um, so that's, you know, in terms of the mistakes, um, that, you know, that people forget or, you know, overlook when they're starting out. So those are some things about that. So viewer experience titles, of course, that, and also just thinking about, you know, um, like with the thumbnails, a lot of people will, they, they'll see a lot of thumbnails on YouTube and they'll think that because, you know, these creators are doing this with their thumbnails that they have to do the same exact thing. But in a lot of cases, like you can get really far on just a really good image and a thumbnail to where you don't have to add all this design elements to it and all these words and things like that. In a lot of cases, depending on your content type, you can get away with a lot just by just by having an image that's uh, that's enticing. And a lot of content creators, if they start making thumbnails, they've never had that experience before. In a lot of cases, they will actually make their thumbnails worse than if they would have just used an image. So um, so all kinds of things like that um, that are I've got videos on my channel. If you go to um, YouTube search, and you type in Nick Nimmin YouTube mistakes, you're going to see a nice handful of videos pop up where some of them they're going to be some repetitive elements in there because there are a lot of common, you know, mistakes that people make. Um, but through that YouTube search, you're going to see a lot of um, a lot of options for that. In fact, I just uploaded a, a mistakes video on the tube spanner channel also um, to where you can check that out um, as well. If you just go up there and you type in um, tube spanner, then one of those videos will pop up too, which which I, I published, I think, on like Friday. So um, let's see here. So next up on the list, hopefully that was helpful. So next up, we've got iFun Chris channel says um, the type of channel is um, a N the goal of the channel is a N. And then the question is, if I put made for kids in the video description, um, no, you, you just have a box that you check. So inside of your videos, like when you're going through your upload process, um, there's a little checkbox that you check when your content is made for kids. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So next up on our list here, we've got microbiographies. Microbiographies, they do educational biography content. The goal of the channel is to share my love of history and maybe increase my income. So really quick. So we've had a lot of income related things um, here. So a couple things I just want to mention really quick um, for anybody that is wanting to make money from your YouTube channel. Um, and I just want to just say this really quick because it's important for you to know. So if you are somebody that is trying to generate income from your YouTube channel, a lot of people will wait to start putting monetization options or deploying monetization strategies if we want to get fancy about it. Um, but they'll wait until you know their channel gets big or until they've got a certain amount of subscribers or something like that. Um, I just want to remind you, um, just in case you haven't you know um, ran across this information before. I know a lot of you that hang out here you know have you've heard me say this before. But um, but if you are a content creator that is trying to make this your full time job, you're trying to make this side hustle money, um, you're trying to you know monetize this in any way. It's important that you go ahead and you start looking at alternative monetization as quick as you possibly can. Um, and the reason for that, and by alternate monetization, what I mean is, or alternative monetization, what I mean is, 
By default, once you get to the YouTube Partner Program, you're going to have YouTube ads. Once you get memberships, you're going to have you know memberships if people join your membership. You know you're going to get super chats if you live stream that kind of stuff. So you have all the on-platform stuff. Um, the alternate monetization um, ideas are things that you can do even if you are not in the YouTube Partner Program. That's affiliate marketing. That's having your own products, either physical or digital. Um, that is um, you know um, sponsorships. You'll want you'll probably want to wait just a little bit for that one too. Um, but basically, um, you like merch for example, like using like spread shop and getting like a merch account together. So you can put all that together for free to at least start selling some t-shirts or something or some mugs or whatever your thing is. But basically you want to get these things set up so that as your channel grows, you one are already getting familiar with how to do those types of things. And so in terms of the monetization side, but also you don't know if the next video that you publish is going to just blow up and blow your channel up. It's possible. And it, and, and that might happen. Um, um, you know, like you could just put out that next video and that next video could be the one that, you know, that, that really gets your channel moving. So because of that, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you are, you know, getting your alternative monetization stuff put together so that you can already have links in your videos. You can already, you know, be have ways that you can make money from your content. Um, um, so, so that as your YouTube channel grows, your income is going to grow because as your video or as your YouTube channel starts gaining momentum, what's going to happen is that as people start interacting with you know your newer content, then YouTube is going to start recommending some of your older content to them. And that's gonna cause some of your older videos to also start performing well. And then it creates this kind of snowball. And then you'll see on a lot of YouTube channels, they'll be going like this, and then they'll just go like that. And then, you know, after a little bit of time, you know, a lot of them will kind of, pull, you know, go like this. Nobody just goes straight up forever unless you're, you know, like Mr. Beast or somebody. But even there, you know, it's kind of like this. But um, but the idea is that you, you know, like once you start picking up momentum, like it can it can happen quick. So because of that, you want to make sure that you're getting these things in place now that you have these links in your descriptions for, you know, things that people can pick up as an affiliate or whatever so that you can or crowdfunding. If you're setting up buy me a coffee, Patreon, any of that stuff, go ahead and get it together now so that as things start picking up on your YouTube channel, you've already got this archive of content that's working for you. So as people start interacting with that content, then you also have those, you know, monetization options available for them to where they can make purchases and things like that. So I really recommend that you get that stuff together like now for those of you that are wanting to, you know, use this as a way to generate income. Really important. So um, let's see here. So on this question, though, um, and again, this is from Microbiographies, and Microbiographies says that I'm um, I'm working on uh, I'm worming on ranking higher, working on ranking higher. I'm worming. I'm worming on ranking higher um, in YouTube search. I went back to an old video that was not ranking in search. I changed my title and description and now it ranks third for that search term. I can see the benefits of this. Can you talk a little about how to rank higher in search? So first off, the very first thing that I want you to do um, in your case specifically is log. don't log out of your YouTube channel if you have another browser in your computer or something, you can do it there. Um, but if you have another account or you have um, just another browser where you're not logged in or you have a friend's phone or somebody that doesn't interact with your content on a regular basis, have them search for whatever phrase it is that you tried to optimize for and see if you still pop up in that number three spot. Because um, YouTube does also prioritize in search results channels that you are interacting with. So if you are interacting with my content a lot, the likelihood of you seeing, like if you're interacting with my content more than any of the other YouTube help channels, then there's a really good chance when you're searching for something, if I have a video on it, I'm going to be higher up in the search results than I might normally be for those topics because you're interacting with my content more 
which means that when you see my face there, you're more likely to interact with it compared to the other results. So because of that, they're going to show my content, you know, somewhere in there in a lot of cases, not all, but in a lot of cases, uh, unless I just had a, a bad video and then people just aren't responding to it from search, then of course it won't show up. But anyway, yeah, you can use incognito mode as well. Yeah, using incognito mode is also another way that you can do this. But basically, when it comes to YouTube search, like when you do go and you make those changes, and then you search for it yourself. In a lot of cases, you will see your own content show up there just because you are interacting with your channel a lot. So keep that in mind. However, it's also possible that making that change did make your content extremely relevant for that particular search term based on the changes that you made. And since you, you know, optimized it for relevance there, the default search filter is for relevance. So what that means, if somebody puts in how to cook potatoes, the videos that are optimized for how to cook potatoes and get a good result in YouTube search for that term, those are going to be the ones that show up. So because of that, when you do make those changes to your title, um, then that is kind of, you know, re-optimizing your video and that can cause people to respond to your videos differently. So if you do make that change, YouTube tests it in YouTube search and people respond to it in a positive way, then you know that will be a win and you'll start getting more views from YouTube search. But if they stop re start responding less over time, then those videos that video is going to end up dropping in search and then that change won't have, you know, really benefited you. So because of that, when it comes to ranking higher in search and we're getting ready to go into a pro tip here. So when it comes to ranking higher in search, if you are trying to go after search, the very first disclaimer that I want to put out here, search is extremely powerful. Um, it's definitely something to consider with a lot of content types. Um, however, a majority of the traffic does come from YouTube's recommendation features. So you have that information. Okay. So like the win isn't always in YouTube search, but in some cases it is. So what you want to think about when it comes to YouTube search is you want to look to see how your videos are performing in YouTube search right? So inside of your YouTube channel, and I have a YouTube short that shows you how to find this quickly, but inside of your YouTube channel, you have the um, option for each video on your channel to go in and see how they're performing in search. So in order to get your videos to show up more in search, you need to make sure that people are responding to them positively in search. So what you want to do is you want to look at the impressions that you're getting from YouTube search for that particular video in order to find this, go into the actual video that you're you know wanting to explore, click into analytics for that video, click into advanced mode. Once you're in advanced mode, click on traffic sources. Once you're in traffic sources, you're going to scroll down and you're going to see like browse suggested channel pages, external search, all that stuff. So then you want to look at search and then you want to go and you want to look at your average view duration in search. You want to look at your click through rate in search. The reason you want to do that is because you're trying to win in search if that's what you're targeting. So if you find that like your click through rate is really low compared to the impressions that you're getting um, for that particular you know search term, then in that particular case, you want to go in and you want to make sure that you're updating, you know, either your title thumbnail or both so that it can best represent, you know, what the content about there um, for that particular search result. And then you want to monitor that by adjusting your date range so that you can see if the changes that you made is causing you to improve the results that you're getting in YouTube search or if it's causing you to lose based on making that change and that change not being something that people responded to more. So if you want to rank better in search, the idea is to make sure that your videos are performing well in YouTube search compared to the other videos there. And you do that by going in and seeing the, the, the stats or your analytics, the results that you're getting from search results in terms of your click through rate and your average view duration from search. Um, the next thing 
is if you know that you're going to be going after YouTube search, then the next thing you got to think about is, okay, before I even make this video, um, first, I'm going to do as much research as I can to see, you know, the places where I can kind of get a video in here um, based on, you know, my belief of my skill level and what I can do here. Um, then I'm going to go and I'm going to watch every video um, that I'm going to be competing against in YouTube search, at least the top five. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to look at the comments of all of those videos. The reason I'm going to look at the comments of all those videos and the reason I'm going to watch them is because the comments are going to tell you all the places where all those other creators dropped the ball on information when they're putting the videos together. You know how it is when you're putting videos together. Sometimes you like you're like, hey, I'm sharing the video. I'm putting this together and I'm doing everything, you know, the way that I should. But then when you publish the video, you're like, oh, my gosh, somebody will say something in the comments. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't add that to the video. That's like the most obvious glaring thing. And I didn't even add it to the video. What am I thinking? Right. So you want to go and you want to look for those types of comments. And the reason you want to look for those is because if you find similarities between some of those videos where you're seeing a lot of comments like, oh, hey, you forgot to mention this or you didn't say this or, you know, why didn't you, you know, tell us about this or whatever the thing is, then you can start your video that way to where it comes in and you're like, you can make it part of your hook and you can say, you know, as an example, and I'm just using this based on me, is you can say like, hey, in this video, I'm going to show you, you know, how to X, Y, Z and most importantly, I'm also going to be sharing with you this that you found in the comment section. And I'm going to be sharing with you this that you also found in the comment section and this that you also found in the comment section. So let's get into it. And then you get into the actual video itself. So then you can use that as part of your hook. So then since people, you know, are similar because we're humans, then the people that are start interacting with your content and search, as long as your click through rate and all that stuff is competitive there, then you've already set your video up and in, in the hook to where as people come into that video, you're already handling a lot of that other stuff. So even if they click out of your video and end up going and watching one of those other videos, if they're one of the people that feel that that other video left it out, you told them that you're going to be talking about it. So therefore, they'll end up coming back to your video and, and watching your video for that as well. Um, but in addition to that, you also, before you make the video, before you make your thumbnail, before you make the title, you also want to go and look at those search results and see what the other people in those search results are doing. So you want to look at their thumbnails. You want to say to yourself, okay, everybody's got these thumbnails. They're all using darker thumbnails. Let me use a big, bright thumbnail. So it's just going to stand out here. Or everybody else is using these big, bright thumbnails. Let me use something that is also bright because I need to grab attention here. But let me just focus really hard on like an image. If they're just using a bunch of, you know, graphics, let me just focus really hard on like an image and like a word and an arrow and see if that, you know, stands out. So those are the types of things that you want to do. You want to do that research first so you can make sure that, you know, what you're doing is going to be competitive. You also want to see how other content creators that are ranking well for those results are packaging everything up because it's working, right? Like that's why you see them there for those search results. So you want to make sure that you're going in and you're looking, okay, what type of compelling elements are they adding to their title? Is there anything conflicting that I can add here? Is there anything to where if somebody sees all of theirs and then they see mine, they're going to be like, oh, that's the one I want to click on. Is there anything that you can add there that would make it, you know, that big of a difference? But you want to do all of that first so that you can make sure that you're giving yourself the best possible, you know, chance or opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to grab that attention. Uh, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Laricia, what's up? Hope you're doing awesome. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the stream. So next up on our list here, we've got the Driver Sensei. Driver Sensei does bi-weekly content. They're exploring the world while driving through it. The goal is cheap tricks and adventurous times. And the question is, hey, Nick, what's going on? Hope you're doing great. Says, I hear people getting demonetized because of unauthorized clicks. YouTube has a form to fill out. If you think this is happening to you, how do you check in your analytics whether a video is getting a series of videos 
that are doing super high false ad clicks. You can't. Um, you can you can't. So like if somebody's botting your channel, um, like you're not gonna be able to, you're not gonna be able to tell. I mean you'll you might see like spikes here and there and stuff like that, but YouTube detects all that stuff on there and like you're not really gonna be able to tell. Um, next, how do bigger channels prevent this? People who are attempting to get their channel demonetized, thanks. Yeah, so they, they don't. So basically, when um, when people attack YouTube channels, um, they do you know, like these types of things or whatever. But if it's only unauthorized, really, for like ad clicks, if you are the person clicking. So if you are the person clicking, then in that case, you can get caught up, you know, for fraud because you're essentially watching your own videos and then you're clicking on those videos and then you're doing it again, trying to get, you know, those clicks. However, um, if somebody else is doing that, then they're just interacting with it, you know, in their own way, in their own account, and you can't really run into any issues there. Um, but the problem comes from the content creator putting, you know, like watching their own videos, opening up multiple browsers. They're in one house and they've got everybody in their family. Hey, watch this video, um, you know, watch this video and, you know, click on this ad when it shows up. And then like everybody does it, but they don't know that YouTube can see like their IP and they can see like the Mac addresses for their computers and they can see that their phones are connected and that they're always in the same location together and like that kind of stuff. They don't know that YouTube tracks all of that. And um, and then they'll get, you know, kind of nailed um, in that in that regard also. Next up on our list, we've got uh, for the love of food, for the love of food. Sorry, I just wanted to say it in that way. Um, they do cooking content. The goal of the channel is to get monetized and make an income. And the question is, the Food Niche has so many great members that will come and comment on your channel. However, they don't spend a lot of time on the video. They're just there long enough to comment in hopes of marketing their own channel. This hurts watch time and in turn affects growth and impressions. Any thoughts on how to fix this problem? Yeah, like like what people do externally, you can't really control it, right? So technically, one thing that you could do if you wanted to is you could hide their comments from the channel. So you could hide them from the channel. They would still do the same exact thing, but they just wouldn't realize it until they realize like, hey, nobody's responded to my comments ever, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, or if they happen to look on like an, a logged out account, which they probably won't do. But you know, that whole thing is, is like, that's common. I get people in this live stream that do that same thing. Like they'll start a channel um, that'll be targeted towards content creators in some way, shape or form. And they will, you know, use the stream um, to, you know, to try to bring attention to it. Um, in some cases, I let it fly. If it's something that is like, hey, you know, this is like, you know, this is something that is like a value add. Like, for, for example, like there's people in here that help content creators. Um, you know, like, for example, Tom Nash was in here earlier, but he's got it. He doesn't do it on his channel, but he's got a great Facebook group called YouTube creators um, that, you know, he's really helpful in there for helping content creators. Um, so like, you know, like within his case, it's like, hey, no sweat at all. Um, I know uh, Canva Classroom, you know, she's also in here as well. Um, and in her case, you know, she's helping creators learn how to use Canva in order to, you know, bring attention to or basically just help them level up, you know, like their their skill set when they're using Canva to make some nails and stuff like that. And that's totally cool. Like it doesn't bother me because she's adding a different type of value to the community. Um, but what you're dealing with there in terms of, you know, people coming into your comments just to, um, you know, just to try to use it as a way to bring attention to themselves and their channels. That's a common thing on YouTube. And um, it can get kind of annoying a little bit if you let it. But really, if you just focus on, you know, being in your lane and just doing your thing and just trying to be the best out of all of them, then in that case, you know, you, you know, it'll be something that you're not going to have to worry about. 
super chat. Daryl Eves dropping the 500 spot. Woo! Let me get a, let me get a fan here and and kind of like cool myself off. A $500 super chat there. Said thanks, Daryl. I appreciate it, man. Says hey, Nick. Um, give away two tickets to Vid Summit to someone in the stream. Nice. So oh, this is huge. So somebody in the stream is going to get two tickets to Vid Summit, and this is completely 100% unplanned, by the way. Just so you know. So um, two free tickets to Vid Summit to somebody in the stream. So really quick for clarity. Um, is that one person gets two tickets so they can take someone with them or is that two tickets to give away randomly to um, whoever and really quick um, I'm going to assume but just correct me if I'm wrong um, I'm going to assume that the uh, if they can't make it in person that they will be able to do it on the um, they'll be able to get a virtual ticket I'm just going to um, assume that so if I'm incorrect please uh, just let me know and I'm not sure if you're in here if you just drop that and you split I'm not sure but um, I'll just do what I can <laughs> here and we'll get that worked out. So who wants to go to Vid Summit? That's a huge win. Who wants to go to Vid Summit? So, uh, okay, whatever I want. All right. Love it. Love it. Okay. So we've got, um, okay. So who here, um, because in like, I think it would be great to have somebody that could actually like show up because if you could show up, then you like, we could hang out and you know, like all of that stuff. So, um, so who here would actually be around like, you know, the, the Los Angeles area around like September 27th to the 29th. Cause that's when vid summit's going down. So the bearded dad, it dad's already going. I know um, there are a few other people in here earlier saying that they were going um, as well. So I know Brad's going. Um, so who here is going to be in that um, in that in that crowd? Okay, in person, in person me. So scrap and pallet man. Nice, nice. So we've got, uh, yeah, so let me pull up the giveaway tool. That's probably the most fair way to do it. Um, so let me pull up the giveaway tool. This is super exciting. So yeah, give me um, one second here. I'm gonna pull up StreamYard's giveaway tool and um, and we are going to, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna use it that way. So thanks for the suggestion there, uh, Chantal. I appreciate it. Giveaway. Okay, so this tool that, um, that I'm getting ready to pull up. Um, so here's what we're gonna do. Let me share the screen here. And we are going to go over to this window. I'm not going to pull in the stream yet. So let me do this. Okay, so what I'm getting ready to show you, um, this is basically a, uh, it, it, it's going to spin, okay? And as this thing spins, it's going to randomly pick somebody from the live stream. When this randomly picks somebody from the live stream, and I'm doing this just so we can be fair to everybody, because I would love to just be able to pick somebody and be like, hey, this is, you know, this is the person. Um, but just to be fair, um, since, you know, since we're all hanging out here together. Um, so what I'm going to do is I want you to put hashtag vid summit into the chat and what's going to happen oops wrong wrong thing don't do it yet don't do it yet because i want you to see this thing uh, i want you to see this thing spinning here just so you can you know make sure that uh you know everything's happening on the up and up here there we go so put vid summit um in the chat right now hashtag vid summit and I'm just going to sit here and just kind of hum and just kind of let you get those in there. So keep them rolling. If you want to go to Vid Summit, yeah. If you want to go to Vid Summit, or you want the, or you want the, um, or you want the, um, the, the, the virtual ticket, put it in here. Right now we're up to 32 entries. So just keep them coming. Keep them coming. You can see them, uh, you know, kind of coming in there. 
So what VidSummit is, just as a reminder for everybody that's hanging out here, so VidSummit is a conference that's going down in LA. Um, it's on the from the 27th to the 29th. Um, it's for content creators. And that content creators for YouTube, you know, if you put content on TikTok, there's there's information there for you as well. Instagram, information for you there. Um, like content creators from different platforms are going to be there sharing information. But, um, but I'm going to be speaking there. A lot of um, the content creators that you already know and love and watch their channels are going to be speaking there um, as well. Um, it's, 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 it's like for me, well, let me just say it this way. So out of all the conferences that pop up, you know, about all this stuff, um, VidSummit has always been my like, okay, if I only have one that I can go to, like this is the one that I'm going to. Um, and that's exactly what's happening this year is, you know, like I have the option to go to the other ones, but I'm like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, go over there for this one this year. Um, so, you know, this is definitely one that you want to make sure that you're showing up for. It, it, it's a game changer for people that go. Um, so right now we're at 77 entries. I'm just waiting for a few more, um, just in case anybody's just joining the stream right now. Make sure you drop Bid Summit in the um, hashtag Bid Summit in the chat. And again, this is for, for two free tickets, either in person or um, or a virtual ticket for Bid Summit. So we're at 79. One more as it comes in. I'm going to hit draw. I'm just waiting for this one more. Waiting for this thing to catch up. It's exciting. Holy cow. That's like super kind super kind and by the way just a heads up these tickets are these these tickets are pricey too like you know like for the in-person event um you know like the winner here this is essentially like winning like two thousand dollars so this is a, this is a big deal okay so i'm drawing it right now here we go i think i got rid of my drum roll so exciting Okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, La Inglesia de La Nuva. Here we go. Yep. La, La Iglesia de La Nuva. So, here's what you have to do, okay? So, you're the winner for this. So, here's what you have to do. So, I want you to, if you don't have a Twitter account, go make one. Um, go and send me a DM and give me your email address. So when you go and you give me your email address, then I'm going to you know, reply to that. And, um, and then I'll end up passing that over to Daryl and then he can get you set up with you know, whatever it is that you need there for um, VidSummit. That's so huge. Daryl, thank you so much for doing that. Like um, for, this, for this content creator here, for Le Iglesia de la Nuva, um, like you know, this could possibly be just like a total game-changing, life-changing thing for them. I know for me personally, like, uh, like VidSummit for me, like I've I've mentioned this a lot, but like VidSummit for me is um, it's kind of like a like I go there to learn. And, you know, you guys know that I know a lot about this stuff, but like I go there to learn so that I can, you know, be better at this stuff, too. Um, but basically for me, it's where I can go there and learn so I can go there and network. But also I go there because it's it's like the environment. Like I get so much energy there and I get so much motivation and so much drive um, when I'm there just because like you are surrounded with other people that are um, that are into you know, the same things that you are. And you also get to have all of this information from all of the experiences that doing this YouTube thing and the other social, you know, for the other platforms as well. 
but you get to kind of share in the experiences where people, you know, talk about like all the different ways that this has impacted them and all the cool things they've been able to do and all of that. And from like an energy perspective, it's massive because, you know, you get to hear all this information like, wow, you know, this is this is so cool. And even like when you're already doing the thing, even, you know, like you're like, hey, you know, I'm doing the thing. Everything's going great. But it's still like, oh, man. And you just walk away with so much, you know, additional energy and everybody that goes like when you walk away, you're just so fired up to like, you're like, all right, I'm get, getting back. I'm making content. Now I've got, you know, like strategy strategies that I can start, you know, uh, deploying on my channel. And, you know, now I have a better understanding of what's going on. I've learned so much. Now I get to go and like actually roll up my sleeves and get to work. Yeah, it's incredible. So, uh, Daryl, thank you so much for that. If you're still hanging out in the chat, thank you so much for that, man. It's super, um, super appreciated this, you know, again, this is going to be a game changer here for, uh, La Iglesia de La Nova. And I apologize if I'm saying that name wrong. Uh, so congratulations again to you for winning the, um, for winning the Vid Summit tickets there. Absolutely awesome absolutely awesome yeah thanks again for that daryl that, that's a huge deal so um so let's see here so so and, and just to confirm they get two so if they go virtual um then i guess they would have the the second one so yeah so i guess i guess we'll figure that out via um, via email with them so um so yeah that's awesome huge huge deal so yeah so they essentially got like if they go in person they essentially just got like you know uh like two grand <laughs> plus they're going to get knowledge that you know that's going to help them you know level everything up and take things to the next level so so huge so huge like I'm, I'm 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 almost speechless this is such a big deal so uh, so uh so let's keep going here with the um with the questions so what we're going to do is we're actually going to um let's see here check nick's twitter Okay. We'll go into there now. Okay, I'll wait for that to pop up. Okay, so what we're going to do now um, is we are going to go into a lightning round. So the lightning round is where we start going through like a bunch of, you know, a bunch of questions uh, quickly. So I can try to just answer as many questions as I, as I possibly can here. Um, so with, you know what? Hey, Daryl, man, are you are you available to hop on real quick by any chance? If not, if you're busy, you know, that's that's fine. But if you're if you're available to hop on real quick, um, do you want to hop on and, and just answer some questions if you're available? Because I know you're like super busy. So like if you're available, um, then you're more than welcome if you're, you know, hanging out um, in here still. Um, but if you're, you know, um, if you're not, you know, then that's um cool too you are okay sweet yeah let me um i'm gonna send you a link and uh and let me get you in here real quick okay so let me hop over to here all right hang tight everybody this is about to get like super awesome <laughs> oh. okay i just sent you a link so feel free to hop in at your um at your convenience here Super, super exciting. Super exciting. Okay, just waiting for him to show up over here. Man, super exciting. Yeah, that, that's a huge deal. Huge deal. Super generous. 
so while we're waiting for Daryl to come in, let's go ahead and get some lightning round questions. Uh, go ahead and get some lightning round questions. So we're going to be pulling these out of the chat. So here's how lightning round works is um, you need to put a cue in front of your question that helps me identify that the question that you have is intended for me. And that's not just a side conversation, you know, going on in the chat. So um, so if you do have a question, make sure you put a cue in front of it. And you can just go ahead and start dropping it um, in the chat right now. So if you have a question and I'm starting it here um, at Doug's lightning round where he says lightning round right here. So just go ahead and drop your question, but make sure you put a cue. I'm only answering the questions with a cue because then I can, you know, I can confirm that those questions are, um, you know, are intended for me to answer. So the very first one, this is from Ty and Soph. Ty and Soph says, I changed my channel to a travel vlog channel um, in January this year after not using my channel for about 10 years. I had 5,000 subscribers when I changed it. Can this affect my views having dead subscribers? Ladies and gentlemen, here, he, he just showed up here in the back end, so I'm, I'm going to let Daryl actually answer this question. Daryl Eves in the house. What is going on, Daryl? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> here, let me turn up my audio here just a tad to make sure I can hear you because I can't hear you right now. I think I okay. actually have my stream yard muted. Hear me now? So let me unmute this and uh, let me turn on audio. my mix minus uh -oh. here, and then we should be good to go. Say something real quick. Let's see if it, you can hear me now. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah. Can you guys okay. hear him? I just want to see if this is on my side. Here, give me one more second. Say something. Hello, hello. One, two, three. There we go. There we go. What's going on, Daryl? How I, are you doing, man? I tried to give you five hundred more dollars, and I, I hit the limit. <laughs> There's a five hundred dollar limit on YouTube, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So, um, so Daryl, so, so, man, how have you been? First off, you doing, you doing well? Doing, doing really good. We're actually um, in the last in little the last bit season. of my TV show. We're in season three of production. And so uh, we're just on the last legs. Last we just finish up right before Midsummer. So it's going to be a crazy time. So nice. Nice. So, so um, just so you know, the show that he's talking about is The Chosen. So, so your role at The Chosen, give us a little bit of insight about that. Like, let, you know, just in case, you know, for the people that are hanging out in here, like, um, you know, let, uh, like, you know, Daryl Eves. There we go. The man. <laughs> like, yeah, let, let, yeah, tell us let's, about let's yourself, Daryl. Yeah. So, um, five years ago, um, at VidSummit, I saw a piece of content, and this content really impacted me. And I got introduced to the content creator through a mutual friend, uh, Jeffrey Harmon, who's the principal at uh, Harmon Brothers and also uh, Angel Studios. And I met Dallas Jenkins for the first time, and he shared with me his vision of what he wanted to do for a TV show. And, and I just I got it and I thought, hey, let's let's just go in and, and make this happen. So we actually did a crowdfund. Uh, we built the audience first and then we, you know, uh, we broke the all time crowdfunding record in film and television using the strategies I use for audience development. And uh, ultimately, we got not only through season one, but season two. And now we're doing season three. So it's just been a uh, huge undertaking and uh, currently right now i'm the ceo uh, executive producer of the show so nice. doing a lot of a lot of work there but I nice still doing awesome get yeah, congratulations <laughs> on that um yeah. you know by the way just just crushing crushing and as you guys can see too um you can see there's just like a couple of play buttons there in um in daryl's you know background that you see just a few you know he's just got just a just, just a little bit of play just, buttons back there how many how many play buttons do you have under your belt now daryl um, so um, for me personally, that I've I've done from zero to um, a million plus is thirty two. 
Yeah, Ooh, so. you're up to 32. Crushing. Yeah. Love it. Got, oh my got gosh. 33 coming up. I'm really excited about. So nice. Congratulations on that too. So what I'm trying to frame here is basically, you know, his expertise, how knowledgeable he is, how experienced he is in this sort of thing. So as we hop in here and we start, you know, answering some of these questions, um, I just want to, you know, just let you know that, you know, the information that you're getting from him, like Daryl is the guy that when people that make YouTube help videos and help other content creators are stuck or they're trying to figure something out, like we go to Daryl and we're like, you know, hey, Daryl, you know, this is what we're dealing with. And then Daryl's usually the person that ends up finding the solution for things that, you know, that people are, are trying to figure out. So, um, so, you know, I just want to just let you know, in terms of, you know, like his knowledge and expertise and how we look at him. <laughs> that's, what I'm trying, that's the picture I'm trying to paint here. Um, but um, are you cool to answer some, some YouTube yeah, related absolutely. questions? I, I got, I got about 28 minutes, so we're good. Okay. So, um, so right here, we'll, we'll hop on this very first one, which is um, from Ty and soft, which is I changed my channel to a travel vlog channel in January this year after not using my channel for about 10 years. I had 5,000 subs when I changed it. Can this affect my views having dead subscribers? Um, so I really don't care about subscribers. I know that seems really weird. Um, I care about active viewers. And so one of the first things I look at at a, at a uh, old channel is where is the traffic actually coming from? What videos they're actually watching? What is the relevant content that they're seeing? Um, and for me, that's where I'd make a decision. Do I want to start a new channel or try to uh, mix this channel into a new a new audience and 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 go from there. So um, I can say usually um, when it comes to all these things, uh, I, I very, very particular on traffic and people uh, because once you get that figured out, then YouTube is able to really suggest your videos if they're good, they have a great click through rate and good retention and people want to watch more. Uh, they, they can actually go really fast. In fact, the, this gold play button that's just falling off the side of the wall there, uh, we got in 28 days because YouTube figured out who our audience was and was wow. able to, to really just, you know, grow fast. So, like, for me, I, that's what I like to weigh it out. Um, I, I've resurrected channels before, and um, it's not a bad idea. I just think it's just more who's actively watching right now. So if you're only getting a couple thousand people watching every 48 hours, um, you could just kind of debate, you know, is these the right type of people? Are they going to like this new content? And if they are, uh, then you actually have a new uh, new group that YouTube can actually go out and find. But there's a lot of, lot of factors to consider. Okay. Our, uh, our next question here is um, from Architectural Sheet Metal. Um, they basically teach people about everything related to sheet metal. Um, and their question is, are how-to videos still worth making, in your opinion? Um, absolutely. I think how-to videos are really, really effective. I know um, I have students that are making well over $200,000 a month just off of how-to videos. Um, but I, I want everyone like listening to me to realize, just don't rely on AdSense. Just look at, hey, how can I actually do more with the content? Is the content what we call top of the funnel where people are finding about, uh, finding about you and your skill and they want to go deeper? If there's a way to monetize them in unique ways, I would definitely look at that. And that's where, you know, you can make seven, you know, seven figures fairly easy, um, you know, from my point of view. Uh, if you really, really take a look at the value proposition and a way to monetize outside of those how-to videos. 
Nice. Excellent. Uh, excellent answer. And those are, those are big, uh, big dollar amounts too. So, Hey, really quick. Um, true to it. Uh, CEO, thank you for the super sticker. Really appreciate it. Um, as we keep on trucking here. Um, so takers grave, and this is going to break everything down. Um, I believe this particular question is going to break everything down to, you know, the, um, some tips essentially of just things to keep in mind when people are just getting started. But the, um, the question here is from takers grave and they say, how do I get people to watch me? <laughs> okay, first right, off, that, that very first, first thing, off, right? Like, how do I get people to start? First off, uh, I want you to DM DM Nick, and I will get you a copy of this. I want you to read this book first, nice. and then you'll you'll have uh, you'll you'll have some context. But realistically, you need to know who you're making content for. I, I think a lot of content creators just create content, and they're like, "Oh, everyone's going to find me and click on me and watch my videos and stuff like that." That's not the way it works. Um, what we need to do is realize, okay, what, what are we trying to do? What value proposition are we doing in our videos? And then who's going to respond to that value and want to go deeper. And so if it's a gaming channel, you know, there's several different ways that people, you know, enjoy gaming content. If it's like a travel vlog, there's several types of people just enjoy it differently. And so you got to really look at what is your value proposition, who you're trying to reach. And um, all you need to do is guess, like you don't necessarily need to, have like the clear understanding, but what you need to do is have some understanding so you can communicate with them and connect with them. And, and ultimately when that happens, you know, they like either really entertained or really inspired or really educated that they want to go deeper. That's a really big sign. Cause like, if you want to win on YouTube, it's getting people to click and getting them not only to retain on a video, but to watch another video and watch another video. That's what YouTube wants to happen. Um, and when you can do that, YouTube's going to look for patterns of people uh, that's going to do the same thing and and test your thumbnail and title out there to see if they'll click on it. And if they click on it and they're doing the same thing, that's when you actually see more impressions. More impressions lead to more views. More views lead to more active viewers. More active users lead to more money. So, notice Boom. I didn't subscribers. <laughs> right, that was it. Wasn't even on the list. Right. <laughs> Really yeah, you know, like um, I, I think that's an interesting thing um, with YouTube, especially now in terms of, uh, you know, because like when a content creator comes on, you know, it's like, uh, you know, everybody wants to hit those milestones. Everybody wants, you know, play buttons and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, th it, it's kind of like a thinking of it from that perspective, like, hey, it's more important and more helpful to you, you know, long term to, you know, just get people watching more of your content. So then YouTube right. will chase them around, you know, trying to show more of your content. Like, um, that's, I think that's just a hard kind of reframe coming from, you know, the idea of you know, like, hey, I want to go on YouTube. I want to get a bunch of subscribers and, you know, all of that thing. I think it's just kind of like a hard, um, like a hard mental pivot, so to speak, um, you know, for can a new I, content can I address creator. this real quick? Because like this is without like, question, I'm, yeah. like, I'm super passionate about because like I've been I've been on YouTube since 2005 and I've seen people come and go. And some of these people are so talented, so amazing, and they can put some amazing content out to the world but they don't treat it like a business. I want everyone to see this as a business. Um, even if it's your hobby, it still can be a business, you know? And when you look at through that, through that lens, then you're like, how do you optimize? How do you become better in this business? How do you get a, how do you become better at your craft? And, and then ultimately when you're looking through that lens, you can actually um, do so much more. So I, um, for those that don't know, I do some mentoring and I have students and I have one that only has 2,300 subscribers. And you might say, do you know what? That's, that's, you know, I want a lot more. I want millions and millions and millions of, of subscribers or views or whatever. 
but this student is pulling in $168,000 off that two, 2,000 plus subscribers. Nice. The value proposition value. is so high and what they're teaching and what they're doing is such, such in demand, but they treated it like a business where they had an outlet to, to go. So they don't necessarily need millions and millions of views. They just need to continue with their, their consistency of, of reaching and using the systems that I teach, you know, they're able to take it up another rung where they're able to really get more revenue. And what's crazy is this month, they tripled their revenue. They tripled their views. They tripled their revenue. Now that had nothing to do with AdSense. I think they only make like a thousand bucks off of AdSense. It's something really low, but it's just like, Hey, it's great. You know? So. Yeah, that's serious. And, 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 you know, along those lines too, you know, um, having like a limiting belief in terms of, you know, like I have to have just like tons and tons of, you know, viewers and all that in order to make, you know, decent money. Um, you know, like that, just smash that out of the water. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, just annihilated that idea. So, uh, uh, next up we've got, uh, Pat's tune. Um, she says that she's so close to joining the YouTube partner program. Um, what do you think is the best strategy for adding ads? Um, is more ads better or is less better um there's a lot of debate on what to do with ads and so let me kind of give you my two cents um ads are ads just a part just... of the, the ecosystem here at youtube they just are uh they're used to it specifically on um as a viewer, as a viewer they, they, it doesn't disrupt but if you put like you know a lot of ad breaks in your longer form content it can get annoying <laughs> Um, even though that there's an algorithm to basically show when that comes up because it doesn't fire it because you're putting it there. Um, it will do at the beginning, but sometimes it doesn't even go at the beginning. It depends on where they're at as a viewer because YouTube actually watches very closely how many ads someone sees unless they go on a bigger channel where they can't skip the ad. Um, so I would say do a, a beginning ad. And if you want to do a mid roll, that's fine. A post roll, I think is ridiculous, to be honest with you. So, cause then it kind of interrupts the, um, the option what to, they watch to keep going. Yeah. yeah. So, um, next up we got Reddit Q says, hello, I'm a new channel. I've uploaded three shorts and each one of them gets stuck in the processing shorts for hours. Um, sometimes even a whole day. Any reason for that? Any solutions? Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I've done a lot of short form content and it depends on where you're, um, where you're processing it. If you're doing it from your phone, I've never had a problem more than just, um, uh, you know, a few, a few uh, minutes. Um, it depends on your internet speed, the upload, but once it processes, it should do it fairly quickly. And so, um, I don't know. I haven't had an issue on my end. Yeah, you know, other things to look at too, um, maybe, you know, like the codec that you're saving it in, you know, something like that. Maybe, you know, try some options there. Something would be, you know, the only thing that I could think about that might, you know, cause that. Um, so next up, we've got uh, Tealeen's Visual. It says, Nick, I have 1,960 subscribers. And I'm having 100 views in 24 hours. Is that a good sign that my channel is growing? So Daryl, okay, so so let me kind of stack on this question right here. So um, since we have a lot of new content creators hanging out here, um, what do you see as good indicators that you know everything's heading in the right direction um, for a content creator? So if somebody's you know paying attention and they're seeing you know their videos starting to get more views and just more activity on their channels. Um, what type of benchmarks do you put down to you know to help identify that? Yeah, we're we're definitely heading in the right direction here. Uh, that's a yeah, really that's loaded question for me because I do look at a lot, but I'll try to simplify as much as I possibly can. So okay. I, basically I basically want to see 
which videos are bringing the views because not all the videos are bringing the views. I've never seen a channel that all videos bring the views. And so I want to so see wanna... what is the top videos and whether it's the top three, the top five, the top 10, the top 25, you can find that in real-time analytics. You can find it actually in your first dashboard at home on analytics too, just if you scroll down. And I want to see what see... is driving the traffic. And then I want to look a little bit closer on where that traffic is coming from. Uh, that's really important for me uh, because when you actually understand where the traffic's coming from, you know the intention of the viewer. Um, so if it's coming through search, search. It, they're, they're searching, they're actively searching for it. If they're coming from browse, that's the homepage and subscription feed, they're casually on YouTube and they're like, oh, that's curious. And they're going to click on it and start watching it from there. It's being suggested they're actually watching a video and they see it over uh, on the right hand side if they're watching on desktop or down below. Um, on the mobile. And so for me, I, I, I want to know the intentions of where that traffic's coming from. And and then two, who's sending the traffic? So if it's coming from suggested videos, uh, you know, I want to dig a little bit deeper on which videos are actually suggesting it and seeing, is there any crossover uh, um, opportunities for the, the video that's doing it? I know that that's a super complex answer, but a way to really simplify it would be please just check your top videos and see, are they performing and where the traffic's coming from? If it's through search, sure. what I would do I would. is figure out what video can I actually um, do that would complement the video that's coming out for search. So they have another video to watch. And then I would change your end screen and also your uh, card and then do, do uh, pin comment. And, and hopefully you're gonna tie viewing patterns with that to this new video that you're releasing. And if it's somewhat similar, similar. you should YouTube should recommend it for those that just watched it for the last 48 hours to seven days um, on the homepage to have the uh, have the click. So if it's good title thumbnail, um, you know, you can see some impressions on browse and and hopefully that that works out. I, I, I know I was supposed and to simplify it, Nick. I tried no, to that's good. That's good. That's good. So, so, <laughs> that's I excellent. Tried. So, so, so really quick for um, you know for those of you that you know might be getting started, and when he says um, you know to figure out where the traffic's coming from. So what you want to do for that, um, just really quick, is um, you want to go into. Um, you can find this for each individual video. I actually have a short that shows you how to find this, but you can go into each individual video, and within that video, you go into your analytics for that video, and then once you're in your analytics, you click into advanced mode. And then once you're in advanced mode, you click on traffic sources and the navigation that you see there. And then that's where you'll be able to see where your traffic is coming from. And you'll also be able to see some additional you know, data um, related to those traffic sources as well. Um, so that's where you actually find that information. So um, let's see here. So next up on the list here. Hey, Daryl, what are your what are your thoughts these days on YouTube search? Because I've seen a lot of, you know, um, channels putting out, you know, um, videos where um, they're like, hey, don't even worry about search anymore or like don't th don't even consider like YouTube search and things like that. Like my belief is that, you know, YouTube search still has tons of merit. It's an extremely stable traffic source, but you know, you should, you know, you should also, you know, be tapping into recommendations and you will by default as well, but you got to make sure you're being compelling, you know, so that you can tap into recommendations as well. Um, but what are, what are your, what are your thoughts um, as it relates to YouTube search for newer channels or experienced channels? So I, I want to frame it back mm -hmm. this way. And I've been saying this for probably seven plus years. Like I, I don't really focus in on search. I don't. Um, um, I focus in on the person, the viewer. That's all I care about. And and the person actually will go to the search engine and search for things on Google and YouTube. Um, so I want to think about them, not 
trying to have search engine optimized, optimized titles and stuff like that. Like I really could care less about that. I just want to, what's a captivating title that has keywords that, that people would respond to not, not no algorithm, not no search engine. Um, and, and if you do it right and, and you're really going after that, right. If the values in the click and you're fulfilling on the value of the click, uh, the promise of the click, and you're getting them to retain, then you're doing a pretty dang good job of YouTube saying, oh, okay, they, the people that saw this title and thumbnail, regardless if it was on search, regardless if it was on browse or suggested, actually clicked on it, watched to the end of the video. Um, that's a pretty big deal. And then if they watch another video, then YouTube's like, oh, okay, okay, we know what to do next. And so on the homepage, when they come back to YouTube or the next time they're on, you'll start seeing recommended videos. And as they click, that's how you grow on YouTube. That's literally how I got you know, 87 freaking billion video views on YouTube. It's just like figuring that out. Now, um, if I'm so um, hell bent obsessed on getting a keyword that would only come up in, in search engines, um, you know, then, then I think you're missing the point of what YouTube is really trying to cater to. They're not trying to cater, uh, they're just trying to cater to people. And um, I always use this example. Um, I've, I've worked with Mr. Beast on uh, multiple occasions and worked with him way in depth. And we own a couple of companies together. But uh, what's crazy is he was ranking for marathon on when he was running with the world's largest shoes on a, he ran a marathon with the world's largest shoes. And so nice. you can rank in search. It's just more, is it relevant to what it is? And YouTube's going to make that, 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 um, uh, uh, delineation is is this more powerful in getting people to click and search if it is that's great but it's also going to be home on the home page you're going to get both traffics going on so i would just rather respond to people so nice, great short. answer yeah great answer um next up we've got um crazy kid 949 um they're a little bit crazy so you know we gotta be I careful with this answer it. no i'm just kidding <laughs> says um i've heard that branded intros are bad by some of the help gurus i've been using branded intros um specified to the video itself is that just as bad so i'm probably the most sensitive of the first minute um than you can possibly imagine like i'm really really focused in on that first minute but i'm really hyper focused in on that first five to ten seconds because if you if you don't pull people in you're going to lose them and that's where you have the hockey stick of death and um it really depends i've seen some channels that have a branded intro i'll be honest with you uh, some of them are my students and I say, don't do it, but they still have like 98% retention at 30 minutes or 30 seconds into it. So I'm like, eh, okay. Your audience likes it and maybe, you know, they're boomers, whatever, but it's like, I, I think you just need to make sure you deliver as much as you possibly can on that promise of the title and thumbnail in that first 10 seconds to really pull them into the journey. And I'm here to tell you, um, uh, branded intros as uh, a whole, I can't say, you know, exclusively, no, they don't work because I've seen it work on other, other places, but as a whole, it does damage. I've, I've seen people drop off where the branded intro is way too long or it's longer than it should be or whatever. And we've even cut it out in, uh, we'd have our students cut it out we'd track it and, and they actually had higher attention. But what I want, I want to say this um for every every percent viewed um that you lose on the, the the front end you're never getting it back on the back end and so what you want to do is keep it as high as possible and if you can get as the highest possible to that one minute mark your channel will explode and i'll tell you why 
because you, you've really focused in on the value of that video that people stayed on a minute. And if they stay on a minute, then you know, okay, now I need to start working on the telling. And, and most content creators, once you hook people, or want a lot of viewers, once you hook somebody in, they'll give you two or three minutes of their time, you know? And if it's a good video, you're gonna see good good retention. So if you if you lose less than, let's just say that you, you um, are able to save 5%, you're gonna probably have 10%, 12% on the back end because you're not gonna have that attrition. You'll have a uh, better, um, you know, better retention across the video. There we go. And, um, you know, another thing, um, just, to, just to throw, um, you know, some more info into that hat. Um, another thing to think about in that case is like, when, you know, when you are, um, if you are using, you know, like a branded intro, you can go into your audience retention reports and you can see, you know, if it's making an impact or not. And, um, you know, one thing that I always like to just remind people of is when you are, you know, looking in there and you might see, you know, like a 2% drop or a 3% drop, and you might think like, oh, that's not, not, it's not a big deal. You know, it's just, you know, like, you know, a handful of people or whatever. And in that particular video, that might be the case. But if you scale that out over, you know, an archive um, or over the next, you know, five years of you making content, that's going to cause you to miss the opportunity to impact tons and tons of people just because you wanted to flash a logo in their face, you know? Yeah. And, so but that 3%, that, that 3%, that 3% is like six to 8% on the tail end. So like you're literally, you know, you're, 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 you have a higher probability to get them to do what YouTube wants them to do is to finish with the video. If you just get rid of it and just focus in on, Hey, how much, you know, what can I do to stick with the value proposition of what they clicked on, you know, and that, and that's key. Next up on our list. Okay. So this is from Renee Ritchie says, um, if Daryl was, uh, was running Lucasfilm. Okay. Now we're getting <laughs> some good questions here. Okay. So if Daryl was running Lucasfilm. What would his next star Wars movie be? Uh, okay, Knights of the Old Republic. Like, like Disney really screwed up by trying to polish off something that was already polished off. You know, and yes, we wanted to see Skywalker go and and build Jedi Academy and see the extended universe and all that other stuff. That that's great. Um, but then it comes with a lot of baggage. If you would have did, you know, uh, way back when, two thousand years before Skywalker was even there, you could really hit it. Hit, keep the same themes and go from there. So for me, it's nice of the old Republic for sure. Nice. So um, our next question here is from um, living in Omaha. David Matney says, is my photo in the thumbnail an absolute must? So I'll so answer I'll this. Answer um, this. Um, it, it depends. Um, what I would like you to do is test it out with it and without it and see if you get a higher click through rate. Um, and and you, there's grouping tools in analytics mm -hmm. that are the best tools of all time. And you can you can see oh does it work or doesn't doesn't it work? Um, you can see pretty immediately. You might want to just design two thumbnails and see if it works. But I can tell you that we own a lot of channels. Um, I mean that's what we do. Uh, we have a lot of thumbnails without any faces in it, and they work. They really do work uh, amazingly. And I want to give you one thing. I have a a student of mine that I mentored. He's crushing it. He just hit his goal, which I'm super excited. Um, he hit 500, well, five, I'm sorry, 50 million views this last month. Nice. Um, and he's just really crushing it. And he did this uh, one thing, and this is what he's teaching at VidSummit. I can't wait for you guys to see it at VidSummit. But um, he would uh, he would do uh, two to three different thumbnail types. And when anything hit like 90 days, he'd switch out the switch thumbnail out. type and he'd get another million video views. And so he's showing, that case, he's showing that case study um, at VidSummit. You got to, you got to, 
you gotta watch it. You gotta get the replays if you if you can't nice. Yeah, so the replays that he's talking about, um, really quick. So, you know, for those of you that can't make it to Vid Summit, um, you can watch it online. So, um, so there's a link to Vid Summit down in the description um, of this right now. So you can just go to vidsummit.com and then you'll see the information about that. Um, but you can um, you can participate online. Um, you know, from my experience, like you know, when you go, it's you know, it's a it's a totally different experience. And I really recommend that if you can that you go. But um, but if you can't go, um, then in that case, you know, the you'll learn a ton um, from the online information as well. Um, but again, you can get information about that um, or just more details through the um, through the description down below or just go to vidsummit.com. Um, so next up on our list here, we got High Hopes Barbie says, why do my views decrease on the shorts? For instance, one minute there at 1809, um, then they go down to 1735 a little um, a little while later. How can that be? Okay, so, okay, so I, I want you to really understand this. I'm, I'm going to give you an answer for shorts, and I'm going to give you an answer for just videos in general. Um, basically, there is uh, an AI that controls what people see and what they don't see. And every traffic source, so one of the traffic sources could be your short feed. Um, it has an algorithm, and it also has bots to kind of tell the, the AI what's going on. I, why do I always talk so complicated? <laughs> I give it all this complicated answer. But anyways, no, it's, it's good though. It's good. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah, try and explain. And they're they're looking for indicators of how people are responding to it. And and if the indicators are positive, um, they're going they're to put going it out to more. That's going to give more impressions or more times that people actually see that title and thumbnail. And so if that's happening, uh, YouTube will will take it out and test it. And then they'll wait a little bit of time and then test it more. You might even see it retract where they're not testing it, but they, they're gathering the information and they're waiting for a, a bigger sample size and they, they go blast it out from there. Uh, but shorts are a little shorts tricky. A little tricky. Um, anything new on YouTube, and you might say that it's not new on YouTube because it's been around for a few years, but anything new on YouTube in a very older platform takes time for them to figure it out and how it can all work together. It's like this massive... massive update um and 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 it's just a different type of viewer and so they're still trying to figure it out but i have a lot of hope for youtube they have a lot of smart people working for them that are figuring it out and and making it so that you can have the both short form and long form content which i'm really excited about so really quick what are your thoughts daryl on them um you know creating all these bridges now um, where they're trying to um you know connect short form content to long form content what are your thoughts yeah, I, I've been pushing for that for a couple of years now. That was like one of my major requests. I'm like, if we're going to do short forms, sure. let's let's have it be an advertisement for a longer form if the, if need be, you know. Um, so if they want to watch more, they can just swipe up or swipe whatever and go from there. So, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah, me too. Like, I think, I think, um, you know, with them putting the links in there, I think that's a huge win. And I think with them making it to where somebody interacts with your short form content, that they're also, you know, more likely if they enjoy it to, you know, see your long form content getting recommended to them. Um, I think game changer um, in terms of, uh, you know, YouTube shorts. I know that sounds sensational, but that's just how I feel, you know, in terms of like, uh, like, I, I think for, for newer content creators, that's a huge win because um, it removes, well, it doesn't remove it. They st they're still going to have to learn 
learn how to get people to click when YouTube does recommend their longer form content. But that initial introduction to them, like just learning, like, hey, you know, I can if I can, you know, create a good piece of video content while I'm working on learning how to, you know, package up my videos better, make better thumbnails, titles, and all of that, then you know, I can get introduced to them here while I'm, you know, perfecting my, you know, ability to get them to click over here. I think that's a that's a great, uh, you know, a great path, um, so to speak, in my in my opinion. Super excited about it. Well, Nick, I gotta go. Um, my stream hey, starts in about uh, eleven minutes, and I gotta get it prepped. But um, if okay. you wouldn't mind just giving away another another ticket, I I, I tried to do it. If I wouldn't mind, if I wouldn't mind, no, I really Darryl, would like I'm not to gonna. Of course, I wouldn't mind. That's awesome. If they're, they're coming in person, I don't care if they've already bought a ticket. I'll reimburse their ticket, or they can get they can bring a plus one. You know, like if you wouldn't mind just doing that, that would be awesome. Because I think the big thing is there's a difference between the replays and in person. Yeah, like this is a conference a like conference. no other. I'm telling you, um, and and it's it's something that. I want you to experience because if you can experience it this way, um, I think it's going to give you the gas in the tank to do very hard things in your business and on your channel, but you're getting the right advice by really smart creators because Bid Summit's all about creators helping other creators. If you look at the schedule, you know, this is a platform for some of the biggest YouTubers on the planet to help other YouTubers. And what I love is um, you have people that will go and do a keynote on the stage and then come back and learn. They're learning yeah. just as much as they're they're giving, and so I without love question. It. So, okay, thank hey, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on, man. Super appreciate it, and super appreciate your generosity as well. And really quick before you head off, um, so for this, do you want me to do the spinner, or can I just pick somebody? You can pick someone. I I, I trust Shark you. Scrapper. You want to do. Yeah, you're Shark good. Scrapper, because right. he wasn't. Yeah, he was in here before, and I know he's been talking about how much he wants to go and all that stuff. Because he's he's in the he's in the membership group um, as right. well. So it. he's just been talking about like, hey, you know, I'd really like to go. So um, so are you cool if we give it to and, him? Well, if only if he introduced me to him. Like, we okay, absolutely, I will. <laughs> all right, thank you right. so much, Daryl. Man, super appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Um, have an awesome you. rest of your day. We'll do. Okay. See you, man. Wow. What a big deal that is, man. What a, what a, what a, what a treat that was having, um, having Daryl hop on here, um, for that and, you know, giving away, you know, tickets and, you know, all of that stuff. Like what a, what a big, you know, that, that, that was just a huge move, um, on Daryl's part. So, you know, thank you again to Daryl for that. Um, Daryl's actually going to be streaming here. Um, I'm actually going to pull up his channel right now and see what time he said he's actually starting like right here in a few minutes. Um, so he's actually going to be streaming here. So I'm going to drop, I think right now I have the, um, redirect going to our creator mix. Cause we just started a stream over there. But if you want to join Daryl stream, that is going to be starting literally in eight minutes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put a link to that right here as well. So you guys can just go ahead and get over there, get, you know, the notification click, maybe have an open in another window so you can be ready to rock and roll there when he goes live um, as we continue on here for um, as we continue on here for a little bit. So um, let's see here. So. Let's keep on trucking. And really quick, um, just as a quick reminder, you know, um, uh, Vid Summit is that you know ticket that we're giving away. And um, with Vid Summit, it is a conference that's happening in um, California, on in LA specifically, September 27th to the 29th. Um, a lot, you know. I'm actually going to just to show you some of the people that are going to be um, speaking there and sharing the information about you know how they do what it is that they do in order to help other content creators, you know, better do what it is that they do. Um, let me 
just go ahead and share this screen here really quick. I just want you guys to see this because the lineup this year is better than it's like ever been in terms of you know like all of the uh, all of the people that are going to be showing up. So um, so basically here we've got um, under the featured speakers list we've got Mr. B showing up. We've got uh, Wingy. We've got Ryan Tahan. We've got Zach King. We've got Ariac. We've got um, Hope Scope. We've got Daryl of course. We've got Sean Duras. Um, we've got Quibble Cop. I'm not sure how to say that particular name, but um, but as we keep going down here, um, we've got you know just tons of you know content creators that you are you know already familiar with. A lot of them, you know, you might have watched their content already, or you might already be learning from them. Um, I know a lot of people in this community. Um, you're also familiar familiar with Luria um, Petrucci over at Live Streaming Pros. You're familiar with Harris Heller. Um, he's going to be there as well. Um, we've got Hayden um, Hayden Hiller Smith. Um, he's actually Logan Paul's editor. He edits for you know um, um, a lot of big content creators as well. Just talking about you know editing and all that stuff. But if you just go through the list here, like just tons and tons of value that you know people are going to get um, that either go or that participate in the online version. I you know a lot of you might have seen Patty's um, videos as well. He actually does breakdowns on a lot of content creators. Um, he's going to be there sharing. Um, Emily Baker is going to be there sharing. If you're a live streamer, you definitely want to make sure you're tuning into that one. But you know you get the idea in terms of you know the level Roberto Blake, you know, who's actually in the chat here um, just a few minutes ago. Um, he's going to be there, you know, presenting as well. But, you know, me, you know, that's my that's my professional look, by the way. You know, I've got a button up shirt on there in that shot. But, <laughs> but I'm going to be there um, teaching you how to create an unbreakable foundation um, for your YouTube channel. All the stuff that we talk about here it's a deep dive in terms of like, if you want to create a long-term sustainable YouTube channel that you can depend on for, you know, for a long time to come into the future, um, then you definitely want to make sure that you're hanging out for that. But anyway, you get the idea, like as you know, I'm scrolling down the page here in terms of, you know, the content creators that are going to be there sharing information to help you better understand, you know, how to grow your YouTube channel. So definitely make sure um, that you hit vidsummit.com and you check that out. Um, and, you know, if you come and hang out, that'll just be awesome. You know, just to see you there and to, and to hang out and get a chance to meet you um, as well. So, um, so let's keep on going for the, um, for the lightning round here. We'll keep on going um, here for just a little bit longer. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to continue the lightning round that we were doing before, before we had that like big like event just take place. Um, so we're going to continue the lightning round. So if you have a question, um, just go ahead and drop it in here right now. Make sure you put a cue in front of your question. We're going to go ahead and crush through, you know, a handful more of these um, and we will keep on, um, keep on trucking. Yeah. My, my brother D is going to be there. Daniel Battelle um, is also going to be there. Thanks for that. Um, Brad as well. I didn't actually see them as I was going through that list. I was just focused on that list right now, but yeah, they're definitely going to be there. You guys know them um, already as well. So, um, so let's see here. So, hey, Bill, thanks for the super, super sticker, man. Chat. I appreciate it. So um, let's see here. So if you got a question, I made 10 minute videos that get 50% and they get low views, made one five minute video, they got 70% and popped off. Should I focus on five minute videos to grow my base and then move on to 10 once they are loyal? So in that particular case, um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily about, you know, them being loyal per se. It's about, you know, them, you just making the longer content that they'll respond to better. Um, because when you are, uh, you know, when you're depending on the loyalty of the audience, then you're kind of 
limiting your potential to push into you know new viewers. So because of that, um, you know it's not necessarily just about people being loyal and committing to longer videos. It's about you as the creator getting better and understanding your audience um, in a way to where you can create the experience that they'll want to watch for a longer period of time, or they'll be engaged in the content for a longer period of time. Um, so in that particular case, um, what I would try to do, step one, is I would try to replicate what you got with that five minute video. Go in, analyze every aspect of that video, look in your audience retention, literally go second by second in your audience retention reports and think to yourself, okay, so I made it through these first like, you know, 10 seconds. What did I say in the hook? What was I showing when the video first started? What was I saying when the video was first started? Was there music playing? Yes or no. What type of music was playing? Um, what did I have in the thumbnail and title that I was basically promising the viewer there that once they clicked on it and started experiencing the video, how well did that match up there? And exactly what was, you know, how did I package this from the outside that would create that expectation that they started experiencing once they came into the content, but literally analyze everything about the content um, so that you can start to look for patterns um, in terms of how people are responding to each aspect of what it is that you're that you're doing. Um, I would start with that. And then as you get people to respond to those better, just, you know, try to push it for, you know, those longer videos if need be. You know, the important thing about YouTube is also making sure oh, it is way better, uh, Nishan. But um, in terms of making, uh, you know, your videos long, the more important thing to think about is how can I make my or how long should I make my videos in order to get the stuff in my video that I need to create a good experience for the viewers that are going to be interacting with it. Because if you try to push the length of a video for the sake of pushing the length of the video, then it's likely that you're going to end up putting a lot of bloat in there in terms of stuff that isn't needed necessarily for the context of the video, but you're putting it in there in order to hit a certain length of video. Um, so because of that, make your videos as long as they need to be, so to speak. Um, and um, and I would start, though, with uh, di really digging in and trying to understand what happened with that video that did well. And keep in mind, you know, there's a lot of factors. You know, the, the average view duration is important, um, but also your click-through rate is important, your in-screen click-through rate is important. You know, like all, all of these things are important. Um, so it's not always just the view duration, but I would start there because that's something you got 70% on for the people that did go through it. Um, so I would go and I would just try to understand how or why you think um, that people responded well to that and then try to replicate those ideas in your future content so that you can prove or disprove the theories that you come up with um, as you're, you know, as you're collecting all that information and figuring out what it is that you're going to be doing. Hey, Leela, hope you're doing awesome. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the stream. I was actually watching one of your uh, videos today. On that app, actually, the app, um, I, th I think I got installed. I think it's called, um, let's see here. I, I just put it in. Um, this is just a few hours ago, actually, called Detail. Um, was the actual app um, to where it lets you just kind of, I haven't really explored into it yet, but basically it just kind of helps you like multi uh, or be able to, to pull in the footage from my understanding of it from your video. Basically, I can pull in the footage and then it just helps be able to edit multi-camera footage um, in a much easier way. So it seems pretty cool. So um, let's see here. So yeah, Leela, you just missed the giveaway here. Daryl just gave away um, uh, four tickets essentially to uh, to Vid Summit or three, unless he's given a, a partner ticket um, to Shark Scrapper as well. So yeah, so um, so yeah, that's a pretty big deal. You just missed. <laughs> <sighs> Holy cow! 
still coming down off of that one. Like that was that was a pretty big deal. He just coming in here and just giving away those tickets. Like the monetary value for those is is pretty um is pretty pretty big. It's pretty uh, it's an awesome thing to do. So um, let's see here. So the next question that we have on the list, let me kind of scroll back up here so I can grab you know some more of these. So next one we got likes or subscribers more important for channel growth. Well, I mean technically it depends on how you're looking at channel growth. Um, but if you are getting subscribers, then of course your channel is growing. If you're getting likes, then that's telling YouTube that people are enjoying your content, which then is increasing the possibility that YouTube might show your content to more people. So both of them, you know, will, will help you out. And people subscribing is also a good indication to YouTube that that person's enjoying your content because they're subscribing to it so they can see more of your videos. So all of those are good signals and you can't really go wrong with any of them. So I wouldn't look at it as like an either or. I would just look at them as, hey, these are both great signals. If people do either one of these, it's awesome. Um, it, they can only subscribe once, whereas they can like every single video that they, you know, that they come into. So, um, so Snokey is um, the question here is YouTube a waiting game? So no, it's not. Um, YouTube isn't a waiting game. What YouTube is, is YouTube is where you put in the effort that you currently, like you, you basically deploy everything that you know at that moment in time in order to, you know, serve your audience in the way that you, you know, want to. Um, and as you start doing that, you're going to start noticing things that you need to work on. And then you, from that point forward, you start working on those things to, you know, try to improve with what it is that you're doing. That typically comes down to understanding the platform that you're operating on and um, developing skills to be able to do all of the things needed to do the job essentially um, so so it's not a waiting game it's more of a development and an understanding game hydro says um, how has your experience been streaming on YouTube I'd like to get back into streaming but I've heard the myth over the years that streaming messes up the algorithm for regular videos um, so streaming has been awesome for me it's actually um, streaming for me has been a really big part of my brand just in general um, these streams um, like a lot of people will reference these streams like if I like run into somebody and they're like oh hey you know I've watched your videos or whatever um, a lot of times like the streams will be referenced as that um, to where Oh, there we go. Let me mute that really quick. So, um, so Daryl just started streaming, by the way. So for those of you that are wanting to um, go participate in that, he just is getting started right now. He just went live. So feel free to head over there. I'm going to drop the link in here for that um, one more time. And, um, and we're going to keep going here, too, as well for just a little bit longer. But I just wanted to let you know for anybody that is wanting to participate in his stream, he is live. And I just dropped the um, thing in there. But um, the... The, let's see here. So how has your, and that just moved. So give me one second. Let me find it again. Okay, so how has your experience been streaming on YouTube? Yeah, so for me, it's it's been a big part of my brand. I've been live streaming um, almost religiously every weekend for years now, and um, it's just a big part of you know what it is that I do um, here, and it's just you know a piece of content that for me has also helped me maintain consistency as well. So there's been times, you know, periods of times um, like over the last two years specifically, to where maybe I wasn't uploading you know as much as I probably should have or whatever, but I still show up for these, and you know that kind of helps maintain the consistency. But live streaming for me um, has actually been positive in another way with a new type of content that I've been putting out. So I've been doing these news videos 
And those news videos, even though it's a live stream, like some of them are getting, you know, a, a nice amount of views. So I have one that I did last week, not the one I did yesterday, but the one I did last week. It's at like 55,000 views, which is pretty good for a live stream, especially in that amount of time. So, um, so you know, those live streams are definitely performing and it's not negatively impacting anything else on the channel. In fact, I was just talking to my brother today and I was telling him how we're starting to get more or I'm starting to get more. Um, um, I'm seeing other older videos popping up a lot more, you know, from the comments um, of, you know, those videos being recommended, um, being recommended more. So um, I just want to say really quick, if you're a new content creator, we've talked about tons of stuff here. And I just want to let you know that even though, um, you know, some of the stuff sounds complicated um, and it can be, um, it's also, you know, something that you can figure out, something that, you know, it's just a process that you go through. Um, so I encourage you, like if there's anything that I mentioned here um, that you're like, hey, I don't really know what that means or anything Daryl was talking about. And you're like, hey, I don't really know what that is. Write it down, take a note and, um, and make sure that you explore that so you can better understand the platform that you are operating on. Um, my latest video on my channel actually goes into a lot of the words that you hear me talk about a lot in this stream. So I recommend that you check that out. If I am talking about anything in the stream that just didn't make sense, definitely check out that video. Um, and I also want to let you know that I will be streaming um, next Saturday as well. So I will see you there and everybody have a fantastic week. Right now, I'm getting ready to end this. And when I end it, it's going to drop you into our new mix over at Creator Mix. So definitely check that out. And um, again, Daryl's live as well. So feel free to hop over there once you you know go over there and you sample some of that music real quick too. Everybody have an awesome rest of the weekend or the, yeah, the rest of your weekend and I will see you next week. Thank you for hanging out.